I've been so disconnected from BMX, man. It's crazy. I mean, media, yeah, yeah. following and keeping up. I just, I just always kept riding, trying not to stop riding, but I just stopped following it because I got fed up with all the BS. Yeah, yeah Churchill and yeah. Vegan. Mm, oh, right, right. Yeah, just. I love it's, those kids, man. They were awesome when they used to ride with me at Haven. Yeah. Yeah, and like I playing tough all the time and no one can tell them anything. Right, right. Like, oh, well. I'm, I'm recording, but I'll cut, I'll cut some of that stuff out. Oh, it's okay, Anything. man. It's, it's natural. <laughs> hey. It's okay, man. Um, In my opinion, man. Yeah? Well, some people are afraid to put their opinions out there, you know? Yeah. So that's, and I understand that. So I try to be careful about that. Yeah, of course, because you don't want to cause any trouble. For you, yeah, I don't want to cause any yeah. for you, for sure, or anybody else I interview. So I always tell people, I'm like, hey, next day, if there's something that you didn't, that you changed your mind about, yeah, just tell me. I'll cut it out, you know. Pretty smooth, huh? Yeah, it's really it's good. really smooth. Yeah, this is dangerous, because it's kind of coffee. All of a sudden, you can be ramped no, up pretty good. Not, I don't think it's that, that strong. Yeah? Not super strong. No. Usually, Colombian coffee's pretty but, smooth but it's still nice. a little richer it's not yeah yeah i appreciate a really nice cup of coffee i don't mm -hmm. drink it as much anymore but uh -huh. i really appreciate a cup of coffee and i used to go to the farms and just have the guys buy from the old guys they just roast in a, by the sun and all of that and i'm like can i get some of those grains he's like of course before so you move to sell me no every, every time i go visit when I go to the countryside oh, okay, and I yeah. see that by like the coffee plantations, yeah, yeah, I go and ask for like the raw coffee from like their farm. Yeah, so I just I used to bring it here and make it. My friends were like, "Where did you get this?" I'm like, "Man, <laughs> travel a long way. Right. It's really good." So I used to give you know a little pound to a friend and another, yeah, just sharing it like that. Did they already roast it at that point, or did you need to roast it still? Uh, they had it however you want it. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, they okay. roast it for you, or they just give it for you to roast it, or whatever. I usually get to have them like roast it for me. Yeah, yeah. They know how to do that. Right. They know like how to do it. So. And not too long. And not, not too long. Not too yet. dark. Now you know. Right. Right. And it, I don't know. I like to support people like that. You know. I, I do too. Yeah. That's why I have so much stuff in my. We'll call it my BMX closet. We'll we'll check out your cave after, but. Yeah. <laughs> I have a BMX closet. It's just this little area <laughs> that I could shut the door on. Nice. But I got a pile of stuff because I try to buy whatever I can. Like the like you just came out with the latest temporarily permanent, maybe. What is it? Um, it's a it. You know the dig uh, issues that they put out once a year. Yeah. It's it's all it's like a high quality magazine. Oh really? So dig just did it just released one and then Rob Delecki released one. He had done smaller ones before that for the maintain mm -hmm. and uh, and then he just put out this this nice big one that is just like it's like you, you're just like trying not to get fingerprints on it. It's so nice. Like it's just big format. Lots of really good pictures. You know, Rob takes amazing pictures. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. I've known Rob for a long time. Oof. He's an awesome dude. I wanted to say something before we get started that doesn't have anything okay. to do with you necessarily, but well, first I'll say welcome to the BMX in our blood. Hopefully anyone listening has listened to last week's episode with Scotty and uh, with Isaac coming in partway, Groundchuck coming in partway, and uh, I was going to say that they don't want to miss your dramatic entrance into the... <laughs> into 
<laughs> into the uh, into the podcast interview, which Nick asked. I'll just tell you right away. Nick said, uh, "Did someone push you, or did you fall through the door?" <laughs> <laughs> so we were at this hotel. For people that don't know, we were at this. I was interviewing Scotty, and all of a sudden, uh, our buddy Hector here just came into the room <laughs> the hard way. <laughs> yeah, went down the ground. Yeah. We we had a good time. We had a good crew that went there, and us. I wanted to keep announcing that July twentieth and twenty first at Powder Ridge, we're gonna have the fifth annual fundraiser that I do. Okay. So this will be the fifth one, and what's really cool about this one is they somehow got it worked out that we can have camping at this year's event. Nice. Which is really really cool because now people can come from out of state. Maybe they don't want to pay a hundred bucks a night for a hotel yeah. room, so they can camp right there. Yeah, it's and it's cool. going to be more of a two-day event. Nice. And I'm I'm looking to see. I'm going to put some feelers out there, but I think the coolest thing would be to do what Trey does for Swamp Fest and have like a uh, a movie premiere maybe on Saturday night. Nice. So uh, I think it'd be perfect for it. And by the way, Swamp Fest for anyone that doesn't know, March thirtieth. Be there. Don't miss it. Don't say, I wish I went. That looks like a uh, lot of fun down there. Yeah, it's a, it is a lot of fun. I, I only went last year, not the first year, but that was really cool. And the fact that the Florida guys work hard, Trey obviously leading it, heading it up, it's it's awesome. Uh, and then thank you, Powers Bike Shop, for supporting the podcast. Powersbikeshop.com or uh, Instagram, Powers Bike Shop, and his museum. He's been posting a lot of pictures. This is the time of year where he takes his whole collection down and he like kind of cleans it up, pulls out some of his favorites because he's a little slower now than he was before Christmas. So, uh, so he's he's got some cool stuff going on there. Definitely, let people know yeah. what's going on. Oh, there was a few. There was like a revolution contest. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I miss I miss those events like that. It's like everybody putting a contest and just having fun with your friends riding bikes. Yeah. I miss that kind of like events because you just go hang out, ride your bike if you want. If now you see a bunch of friends that you haven't yeah. seen in a while and right enjoy, you know, one thing in common we have, you mm-hmm. know, riding bikes. It's yeah. pretty cool. It's friendly, like competition. Yeah, I mean, it it's cool, and I love it when the uh, some of the. Uh, the companies give out stuff and happens that the guy that wants something needed a part and is right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like some useful stuff, not just right. throwing anything in there. Just BMX yeah. parts are always useful. I used to just yeah. get them and I'm like, oh, my friend broke his. I'm like, I'm going to give this to him. Yeah. So we always like pass it around. So yeah. it's really cool when you like see that, you know, everybody helping each other and, you know, at the same time you're helping the brands and, definitely, you know, so it's nice how you integrate like all the awards with like parts and the support that companies can give you you know if they cannot help you with anything at least they'll mention it to someone else and a lot of events going on now and i think everyone should i think anyone that's able should put on a jam even if it's only for 20 guys or 10 guys whatever yeah. just put a jam on i remember i remember like the mini mini beds we used to have if you land that you know who's chipping in so put a dollar so and then we just like oh there's 20 bucks we used to do that malali in new york oh did you there's 20 bucks there's 23 if you if you guys wanted to try <laughs> make some money and now uh, we used to kill ourselves and just to make some for money. 20 bucks <laughs> 20 bucks 15 sometimes like whatever and um 
and then you get the money and you buy Chinese food for everyone. Right, right. Oh. I just, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun when you do stuff like that. And at the same time, we were pushing ourselves uh -huh. to, you know, learn something or just, right. just right. for the hell of it, for oh, the yeah. fun of it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. It's nice when you can do stuff like that. That's why I have like a lot of like great memories, you mm -hmm. know, riding my bike everywhere. Yeah. You know, that's why I feel bad when I see someone somewhere in the state or anywhere and they mm -hmm. just Hector and I'm like oh man who are you <laughs> what's your name <laughs> where did I meet you I'm like ah, I feel bad I don't remember and then he mentioned like the event that we went and just clicks and I'm like yeah. oh man it's been a long time how have you been for me it's, it's good all, to see you what's your Instagram name oh okay now I remember you know <laughs> but it's cool because I asked him like where this and so because I want to remember mm. when I saw you what what good times we had or what yeah. happened and then something triggers the memory and I'm like so happy I'm like yeah. oh my god I remember that now isn't that a good problem yeah. to have yeah. that you that you know you've met so many people over the years that they, we all kind of know each other yeah it's awesome because it's like it's a BMX family it is yeah it is everywhere and it's always going to be that way I, I think yeah. it's kind of what the sport I, think. I love that part of that you know yeah and you just and you know you can help someone someone can help you and it's because we have something in common right you know it's like right bmx all around <laughs> it's yeah. cool well, definitely why don't we start off with kevin riley mutual friend who's that yeah exactly kevin who kevin what get Ke what uh kevin riley this this is how i wanted to start off so i'm going to use this question let's hear okay. about let's he says let's hear about living in columbia for the first 20 years because that was the first we're right at the halfway point right yes you lived there until you were 20 yeah and then you you could take it from there yeah um when you first picked up a bike okay how, how you even got a bike yeah definitely um down there is a little it's a little different you know than here but um just a little <laughs> just a little you know at least you know <laughs> right right uh the living down there i didn't grow up with like a lot mm -hmm. uh i'm the third of four kids my mother so i got three sisters and he's i'm the only boy mm -hmm. and i uh, always been like mischievous always wanted to know more and ask the adults and then i saw this guy that was riding bmx i was probably like 10 years old uh-huh that I'm gonna tell you like my first introduction to BMX because I'm 10 years old. I see all my friends having a bike. I didn't have a bike. Right. My mom couldn't afford to give me a bike and you know, we had other priorities. Mm -hmm. uh, so I saw this guy in town riding, jumping over people and making dirt jumps out of nowhere and just being awesome. And I was like, oh my God, he was a little older than us. Sure. But the, the way he was jumping for a 10 year old that I'd never seen that I was like, what? Yeah. I want to do that. So I was always watching this guy ride. Whatever he was going to be riding, I was going to be there. And every time I need someone, I'm like, I'm right there. You can jump over me. <laughs> so I did that. that and um, unfortunately, years later, the guy passed away. Someone took his life. Mm -hmm. And then I was the saddest kid ever. Because, yeah. you know, it's tragic down there. It's more, you know, violence. Right. Uh, we unfortunately grew up like seeing a lot of like hard stuff, you know, the conditions blame whoever you want but right uh it's rough sometimes when you realize that you saw someone and the next day is not there anymore because someone else decided not to you know see him or just didn't like him or whatever sure. what the reason was 
I think he got killed because of a woman. Oh, really? So <laughs> yeah. it wasn't like some jealousy, some some problem with a woman, and then yeah. that's it. Never saw him again. And that I remember like clearly that day when I realized I was crying. I wasn't in town when I got back from vacation. They told me mm-hmm. he's not there anymore, yeah. and I was really sad. And I said. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing because I never thought that was going to come true. And I said, I'm going to do the same he was doing. I'm going to ride the, a BMX bike, but I'm going to be better than this guy. I want to be better than him. Yeah. And I didn't have a bike at, at the time. So I was having a dream without the tool to make it happen. Yeah, yeah. So, and then years later, um, uh, my grandma's cousin or something like that show up at my house with like his son's old bike mm-hmm. he brought it to uh, to a bike shop got it all tuned up and mm-hmm. brought it to me and, you know gave me a bike when i was 13. wow and i'm like i cannot believe this i'm having my own bike i, I already learned how to like ride bmx like uh-huh. on my friend's bikes <laughs> we were jumping curbs i was like Hey, can I can I ride your bike for a little bit? And I used to just take it off and come back in two hours. Oh my gosh! And then I learned how to ride bikes in someone else's bikes. But then I have my own, and I was like, okay. So yeah. then I started just riding that bike everywhere yeah. and doing everything, and then um, doing side jobs, helping people, you know, clean up or doing sure. errands to make money to replace the parts that I was breaking. Yeah. And then uh, took off from there. And that was at 13. That was at 13. When you finally got your own. When I finally got my own bike. It was like a a very like uh, local brand or something. Basic bike, one-piece cranks. Yeah, basic, super basic. Mm -hmm. And then uh, when I was 15, we moved from that town. And then with the new town, Mm -hmm. I saw a few guys riding BMX. And then I became friends with them. And then they took me to the BMX track. I was that was, that was close that. to yeah. that town and then it was on from there I met the guys that were riding and then I was like oh so this is actually how you do it we were just trying by you know seeing other people doing it you just try the same yeah. but then these guys took me in I was like so little I was like 15 and I was the shortest kid yeah. I looked like 10 when I was 15 <laughs> they used to make fun of me because I was like very mischievous and very like awake uh-huh. and always asking questions bothering people yeah, yeah. how you do this and is that then, great uh, about being a kid though just oh, to, to have so many questions and and yeah. have people actually help you with the answers yeah and I'm, I'm very thankful because the family uh, I was raised on they always you know be secure of yourself as long as you're not affecting everyone you can mm-hmm. ask and do and try and just you know take right. care of yourself don't be shy just try to Right. Learn as much as you can. So I did. I wasn't afraid to ask someone a question about whatever I want to learn or yeah. intrigue. If they didn't, they were mean or whatever. I was like walking away. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I didn't. I just. I. I tried. You yeah. know what I mean. So, so you had. So you had a track in the town that you grew up in, or near? Uh, near. He was like really close. Mm-hmm. We had to ride our bikes, and down there, you know, um, there's like thieves. You know, right. looking for you to take your bike and stuff like that. So at the same time, you are riding your bikes and be careful with thieves everywhere. So you have to like jump everything. I I couldn't wait to learn bunny hop so I can jump like curbs and get away. You know, yeah, get away. <laughs> yeah, I got chased so many times after that. Oh man! So I got to the track. They took me in, and then I was learning, and I was a quick learner. 
So, was it a formal track that, that I wasn't I wasn't into racing. I was more into like the freestyle guys. So they they, sure. they had they had the track guys, you know, riding and then the freestyle guys were in a parking lot learning flatland. Mm -hmm. Then they have these like fiberglass ramps. Oh, okay. And then they were doing shows. The older guys were doing shows and stuff like that. Right next to the track? Or right they have, no, they were they have like they they shared the track. Oh, okay. So there was like a parking lot, so mm -hmm. they used to go there like I think Tuesdays and Thursdays they just go there for like three or four hours and practice yeah. flatland and right. jumps and stuff like that. And the ones that knew more tricks and stuff like that used to take them to other towns to do shows and whatever. Mm -hmm. And then uh I was learning with them mm -hmm. how to like ride flatland and then start jumping. I was a quick learner and some of the guys were really cool with me. So, the, the so the say jumping learning how to jump did you use the track for that no or did you have better jumps or no we I shouldn't say better but was the track too basic to really no the track was different the track was just racing and you know something between the racers and the freestyles uh, the freestyle guys we were not like getting yeah. along I much so mm -hmm. racing is racing and freestyle is freestyle you know yeah. sometimes they the racers come and jump around our ramps mm -hmm. and sometimes we went to the track to go for a run and see if we can clear something right right and then it was funny because sometimes they have races so all mm -hmm. the freestyle guys were gonna race together uh -huh. and it was the funniest things because <laughs> you see all these guys racing and they're super low and super fast yeah. and then you see all like five six guys just boosting out of like you know this the the doubles and stuff like that right. falling in the berms and just laughing it off <laughs> and it was pretty funny I, I won one of the races once because everybody crashed in the game. <laughs> that's great generally speaking in colombia not knowing anything about colombia as far as uh, how big it is hmm. how many tracks were there for that you know of at the, that time the there was not many I think now it's a lot more, mm -hmm. a lot more because it grew and um, yeah. racing in Colombia is very like very good. Mm -hmm. They have like really good athletes, and it's awesome because I remember seeing these kids, mm -hmm. and now they're adults and now they just they killed it, you know. Is is uh, Mariana Pajon? Yeah, she's from Colombia. Yeah, she came from the oh. same city and the same okay. track, and we used to see like her being a little girl. Really? Yeah. Okay. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, and that's they have like I know I know the guys. I was cool with the guys that actually train her. The guys were racing. Mm -hmm. You know, I always try to be you know make friends everywhere mm -hmm. and be okay. Try not to. Like Mariana has stayed there. She hasn't moved. Yeah. Of course, she's probably away a lot. Yeah. But um, she's like a national superstar, right? For Colombia. Of course, she's a Olympian. Yeah. You know, medalist and stuff like that. Does that allow her to be, uh, to live in a spot that's a little safer, that she doesn't have to worry about, like what you're talking about? Yeah. You're riding down the street and you're looking to make sure. It yeah, knows. I don't think she has to ride from home to the track. No. no. No, it's different. But even then, there's not anyone that would try to do whatever. Like there, uh, No, sometimes they used to break into the track mm -hmm. and take a few bikes. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? They just. You know, it's people, it's bad people everywhere, man. Sure. You know, so, yeah, so yeah. for Kevin Riley, yeah. uh, the question is, it was tough growing up down there, mm. but at the same time, you develop this, I want to call it like self, this like self-defense mechanism that you're always aware 
right or where you are who's like watching who what what are you doing is it safe to go there or not but uh i was very lucky because i went through some like so many like situations where i'm like whoa did that just happen and you just right. gotta feel sad and then traumatized because that could have happened to you yeah. and you just keep going and down there it sucks because it becomes kind of normal yeah so you see that and you see this or you see accidents people being robbed people being shot people being stabbed and stuff like that and i also went when i was in the service down there mm -hmm. because it's a it's mandatory down there so after i graduated from high school i had to do a year mm -hmm. uh, for the military service they call it but i was in the city mm -hmm. assisting police and all that so i was in like every day from like seven to three or sometimes more mm -hmm. in the city just mm -hmm. you know so you have to put in one year yeah one year so okay. you thought you are actually you're out there now just trying to keep the city safe if you can say that but yeah so it's a lot of stuff happening during during that, that year so you gain more experience mm -hmm. and then um like i said it just makes you appreciate more stuff mm -hmm. because it's not easy, you know? Like being in the military uh, and being pulled into combat. Like, so say you're in Afghanistan or Iraq. Yes. And I have a few friends that are vets and, and they, uh, they have a hard time. Like, you, you want to sit with your back against the wall because you want to make sure you can see everything around you. Like, mm -hmm. that, did it kind of make you feel like like that, <clears throat> that aware, like hyper aware. Of course, okay. I I still do it. I still like go to a restaurant and I I sit down and I have to be sitting down looking at the door. I always do that. I sit by close to a window and I see what's gonna happen outside or by the door. Or I every time I just and like I just looking like where the exits are in case. And when it's like too yeah. like too many people, I'm always walking by by the walls and stuff like that. Really? And I learned that from down there because. Right. Actually, it was a tough time because uh, I was probably 15, 16, mm -hmm. and that's when the um, the cartels and all that war in like drugs and Escobar and all that yeah. was happening. Right. So we just go to school and we don't know, walking by a car, which one was going to blow up. Because oh he was blowing up people left and right and against the government. So we went through all that in Medellin at the time. Man. And then, uh, like I said, it's pretty scary because you don't know if you're going to make it home. And then you just realize and you heard about people and friends that mm -hmm. you're not going to see them ever again. Right. You know, it sucks because you experience things that a 15-year-old shouldn't have to no, experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, really? I'm just trying to ride my bike and mm -hmm. go to school and do what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lesson learned. Mm -hmm. And down there, you always had the choice mm -hmm. to go this way or go that way right and at some point you get tempted because you're young right and you can make a lot of money doing really bad things mm -hmm. or you can just try to work and be a nice person and it's not as easy to make money you don't you don't make as much right right and then i was in between the two of them and i'm like nah and then i started writing bmx and just sucked me and just pulled me away from all the negative and all that stuff so that's why i'm like Thank I God. tell I tell my friends that because of that bike I feel like I'm alive. Right. You know what I mean? Because I was right. always every time I was pissed off or 
whatever happening in my head, I just go to the street and I just, me and my bike, just yeah, trying yeah. to learn a trick, riding flatland, whatever, just me and my bike. When I felt tempted to not doing the right things, I was like, no, I'm just gonna go ride my bike. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Since I was the only boy in my family, all my sisters and my mom and everybody was worried because at that time they were like recruiting kids, sure. 15 year olds, pay them a lot of money, just be a headman, just kill a politician, whatever. And then when oh. you do that, they got rid of you. Or if you go, yes. if, you, if you get caught, you don't go to jail because you're underage. You know what I mean? So we, we always had that. You, know, you, you read about it, I gotta tell you, this is the first time I've ever talked to someone that actually experienced it. You read about it, it's unbelievable. Now you're talking about it, I'm like, holy moly. Like you, I, I don't think it's a, a stretch to say that BMX saved your life. Yeah, I mean, pretty do you much. agree? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's really easy when you're 15 and you see friends that are doing that with like new, like really awesome toys yeah. and having this life that you're like, what? Yeah. And then you don't. But then you realize that they're just like not doing good stuff and they mm-hmm. get him pay a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And most of those guys are not here anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It sucks because I was talking to one of them and another guy just came and shot him in the head. And I had to run away on my own bike. You know, I had to see one of my friends get shot because oh my gosh. I guess they were doing something that we're not supposed to uh-huh. and karma got him. So they killed someone i think and then they got killed also so it's a short short like period of their lives they have all these things like materialistic but that's it they lose their lives they're never tranquil they're never at peace right so and i i experienced that and i was like what just happened and i had to run away and i was like traumatized by that because i was like I mm-hmm. cannot believe this because I grew up with this kid. Mm-hmm. Then seeing like this happening to him, and I'm like, I don't think I want to do any of that stuff. Right, right. <laughs> no, I'm good, and I cannot yeah. do this to my family. You right. know what I mean? So I decided to go a different way mm-hmm. and learn and just go with the flow. Must have been a little, a little easier because you already had like something that was pulling you toward. Something was pulling you toward the hobby. Yeah, that away hobby, from all that kind stuff. Kind of worked out. Maybe you didn't mean it at the time, uh-huh. but you pro- it sounds like you saved yourself by making that, that yeah. choice. Like I said, it's it was BMX saved you from an early exit. We'll yeah, say. and yeah. and I, I I say that the environment. You know what I mean? Because the guys that I've met that were riding in town, and they met other cool guys mm-hmm. in the uh, the track, learning to ride bikes. Mm-hmm. That environment is the same. Is uh, like like everywhere. It's like BMX. You know, you're riding bikes with you your friends, mm-hmm. and it's like the same thing. You know what I mean? So that's what I love the most because they took me in, mm-hmm. and we just working towards being you know better rider, learn something. If you get hurt, they help you, and then they worry about you. Mm-hmm. So that environment, I feel like that was like safe for right. me. Right. And then I always wanted to like go there and ask mm-hmm. the older guys how you do this. I'm I'm not feeling good today. And sure. they always like encourage you, say like, no, just hold, like, you know, hold on, just, you know, write it out, you'll be fine. Would, what would you say the percentages of people that, kids that rode, like, like how many kids stuck with BMX and how many kids just dropped off and made the wrong choices maybe? Um, I feel like it's more the ones that stuck, you know, 
stuck with it mm -hmm. than the ones that went different way. So yeah, there was just a few that just fell off the wagon and actually they're not here anymore. Right. But it was more more like people that stayed and mm -hmm. uh, rode and kept up with it. That's good. I yeah. thought you were going to say less people stuck with it. You yeah, know, but it was in like on everything, you know. It was pretty cool to see the I was like one of the the, the youngest mm -hmm. at the time. And then after that I was like already like eighteen, nineteen and I was just on the service and actually was riding a lot better, doing shows, doing oh. contests. I was like a really good writer at the time. Mm -hmm. And then I saw like a new generation coming up. Yeah. The, the other kids like the way I used to be. And yeah. so now you're helping them, you're riding with them and all that. Okay. And then uh, I moved to the States and started a new life. Mm -hmm. But then it's kind of like you left like little seeds of little, you yeah. know, BMX riders down there. And like my very like dear friends down there that we rode everywhere and we did all these crazy things. Yeah riding bikes and then uh, I was helping them from here sending parts you know oh, collecting okay. parts and uh, I just saw a lot of parts here that people just replaced and just throw them in a box I'm like hey can I have that can I have this mm -hmm. I used to collect boxes of parts used parts that were in good condition and mm -hmm. send them down there for nice. the kids helping and you know helping people out and just telling right. all this stuff and they couldn't believe I was here riding so it was pretty pretty cool Living down there was a learn, you know, like a learning experience. Yeah, I'd Definitely. say so. <laughs> yeah, it speeds up you. <laughs> More than most of us experience yeah. at that age, you know. But you know what? I believe in that. We all live what we're supposed to live, you know. You experience what we're supposed to experience. Right. You know what I mean? Because we are here to learn. Right. You know, so we learn different lessons every day, everywhere. Sure. So yeah. I went through that. So Kevin Riley, you know this. <laughs> he does yeah. he does but he knows everyone else should hear it too because it's such a difference from what from what we grew up with maybe we didn't grow up with much money but we didn't have all that that risk yeah and, you know that that constant like we're yeah. talking about just watching your yeah. back we didn't yeah. have to worry about that no he was more tranquil here just riding yeah. yeah down there is a little bit of everything I used to be chased by motorcycles two guys on a motorcycle chasing me when I used to, when I got my hands into a BMX bike from the States, because mm -hmm. we were breaking all the frames down there, so we needed chromoly. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I got my hands in one of those bikes, and oh my God, I was protecting that thing <laughs> with my life. So I was jumping everywhere, jersey, like jersey barriers and all oh this stuff. God. I remember once I had to jump from stairs to like a bush to hide, <laughs> and I didn't know how I was going to land or whatever. I just went in there, and they just kept going. Oh, man. Yeah, but so, it was, yeah, it's... It's pretty pretty cool and at the same time scary. It's, you've been here 20 years now, right? Yeah. So you have slowly um, kind of, I don't want to say it will ever go away, but you, you started to kind of put that behind you and look forward or, or, or do, you, do you always still remember that clearly or does it affect your life in any way? No, still it doesn't because it sucks that happened, you know, it sucks that you experience stuff like that. Mm -hmm. but. You learn something from stuff like that, and that's the point. You mm -hmm. should learn something from that. You know, those times, the people, and sure. I was always trying to help as many people as I can. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't affect my life because when I see something like that happening or happening to someone, I can relate right. to them and say, hey, 
I'm sorry that happened, but yeah, you know, you can do this. It worked for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's amazing. I think it's you got to give yourself a lot of credit for being able to to keep focused and not fall off and say, "Well, this would be a lot easier." Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm going to take the hard route, which is actually the just staying out of trouble. You know? Yeah. But it worked for you. Yeah, it it worked, and I I still do that. I still appreciate you know being here mm-hmm. and being healthy, like I said. And well, how did you, you get here? Why don't we talk about that? Had uh, what brought you here to the so, U.S.? So I was down there and riding, mostly riding. BMX was all I was doing. I used to skip school to just go ride my bike. <laughs> I didn't like school for right. whatever reason. I was always like, oh, I want to go ride my bike. But you graduated. You yes, I finished high school and then mm-hmm. I tried to go to a university for, I don't know, uh, nursing or... I always loved medicine and just stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't pass or whatever. And I uh-huh. had a sister living here with her husband at the time. Older sister? Older sister. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, I reached out my highest level down in Colombia. I won like the national uh, contest down there and uh, riding park mostly. We, we didn't have much like ramps like sure. here. But then you see videos and then the magazines go down there and then there's a few shops that bring parts, you know, yeah. from the States and you start like trying to read because at the time I didn't know any English. Mm-hmm. It's not like I know, Kevin. <laughs> I'm sorry if you cannot understand, but... <laughs> Yeah, I will never get rid of my accent. They met me when I didn't speak any English. All my my, my only language was BMX. Right, it's right. The funniest thing. Oh, it is. That is. Funny. Yeah. So they took me in and it took me everywhere too. I remember my sister saying, "What would you like to do?" And I'm like, "I don't know." And then she's like, "Nah, you're coming up here." Yeah. I'm like, "All right." So we start the process. You know, all the paperwork and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got, I got. You know, all the paperwork sorted out and stuff like that, and I moved. Mm-hmm. And I was all I had in my head was I want to meet these pros, I want to compete in the States. My main reason to come to the States was my BMX. Uh-huh. I wanted to pursue a career riding BMX, you know, riding with the guys here and what you see in the magazine. I was always translating the magazines, I already knew the names and tracks, yeah. videos, and we always like learn like that. I'm sure a lot of people did too, uh, learning. You just rewind the tape and see how he did this trick oh, rewind okay. and see how he's putting this foot there <laughs> yeah, rewinding yeah. like how the ramps look like and we're trying to copy everything and learn our own way so i came here and then uh i started my process you know you have mm-hmm. to learn everything when you get here it's a new life you right. know no language right you don't know anyone you don't know mm-hmm. how to like go places so it's basically like you're just starting all over again and I did, and I was like, all right, I was confident enough, and I, I was lucky to meet really good people that mm-hmm. took me in and explained stuff to me. And I remember asking them, how you say this, how you say that, uh-huh. and then write it down for me, and which yeah. way, right. you know, right. we're going right in the street, you're going, I'm like, of course, <laughs> but just make sure I don't get lost. Right, right. <laughs> so it was pretty cool. It wasn't easy because you're here by yourself, you know. I'm, I mean, I, I have my sister here and sure. relatives. I'm sure it's harder for people that don't have anyone here. Right, right. But uh, at the same time, I was, like, open to learn, yeah. you know, and contribute to being here. You definitely ended up with a good group of guys. Yeah. But... Yeah, and I was a little older than them. And mm-hmm. I, I was always, like, riding as, you know, as much as I could because mm-hmm. I had something in mind. I want to be 
a lot better yeah. so I can compete and I can do these and then I started doing all that. Right before you left Columbia, uh, that would have been the late 90s, right? That was 99. 99? Yeah. So how far had you progressed? Like, what are a couple things that are that are difficult tricks that you had already learned down there in the late 90s or 99 um, before you moved up? Yeah, that was the famous backflip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody right. wants to get past through that. Yeah, yeah. So at the end of like being in Colombia, I was um, trying to learn how to backflip. I tried it out at a show once because I was doing shows mm-hmm. uh, in like '98 and stuff like that. Actually, getting paid to do shows, uh-huh. and um, I was all excited about the show. And I just from watching videos, a friend of mine was doing it, jumping, uh-huh. and other guys catching him with a blanket or something. And I was like, I think I'm ready to try this trick. So I tried it and I landed on my back. Uh-huh. So I, I just did a, a half rotation and let go of my bike, land on my back, and the uh-huh. bike land on top of me. Oh. It cut my face open. Oh. Did you guys wear helmets down there? Yeah. All right. Yeah, we did. I wasn't sure. Yeah, well, you it know, was... it was a bar or lever. Something just came through my head and just opened my, my face. Right, right. I healed up. Uh-huh. And then uh, tried to do it again. Mm-hmm. Same thing happened, <laughs> and then I calm my face again, in like different spot, and I'm like, really? Yeah. And I just kept trying it a little bit, and a friend of mine, uh, he's like, let's just go to uh, my friend's um, country, you know, country house. They have a pool, a swimming pool. Oh, where? So we brought out like this little lip, and he had a BMX bike there, and like, let's just go there and learn it. I just right. want to be able to stay on the bike yeah, yeah. and rotate. Yeah. So I did that and I was actually rotating and landing in the water. I was I actually learned how to do a backflip with like two like a two foot kicker or something. And then uh I was at that point and I never tried it in like real ramp or anything and then I moved to the States. Yeah. And then when they took me to Woodward first time, I was able to do it and then I'm like, All right, I'm gonna learn. I'm in the right place to learn this trick. Yeah. So I did with a forty three pound bike. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> But and then I was like, so like, oh my God, this is like a different level now. I'm flipping, I'm doing backflips. Yeah. You know, it's like, at that time, it was like, you got to do a backflip. In Colombia, you said you did some contests. Yeah. So in Colombia, what, what was considered a really good run for you? What tricks would you do in a run back in the late 90s to win a contest in Colombia? Oh, there's a guy that was doing a backflip, like one of the first what guys you that were do, doing no, to, I, to win. Yeah, I was doing like crazy trick sixties, trick sixties like variations, throw drivers, mm-hmm. tail whips. We were doing. Um, I was always jumping into like crazy stuff. I think I, I jumped into like a basketball hoop. What? I step up there and then I dropped in from there, and people were like, "What is he doing?" <laughs> yeah, stuff. Like, I always done stuff like that. Like I told you before, I just like yeah, yeah. you know just jump into the corner that no one has touched yet, yeah, right. see if it's possible, and then you just try it and. It mm-hmm. works most of the time. Yeah. And when the time that doesn't work, you get hurt. So uh, the level was pretty high at the time. And there was a guy that had the backflips like down mm-hmm. and he won the contest with a backflip. I'm like, okay. In Colombia. In Colombia. Right. And then I did another, like all the tricks. And then I won in different category and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, that was uh, at the point where we were like doing backflips and 360s. And I think I was trying to do double tail whips but that didn't work out well no for me. no a lot of box jump stuff 
yeah mostly buckshot stuff yeah, yeah yeah we didn't have much we didn't no. have like many ramps but the ones that we had we just tried to take advantage of them right so yeah backflips and right what else <laughs> so let's talk about here so you so you made it up here with your with your sister mm -hmm. or to stay with your sister I should yep. say uh, your other two sisters did they move up or are they that was long like after a long time mm -hmm. yeah they they slowly starting to come up because it wasn't like not much down there right, right. and different opportunities here and we were you know lucky and blessed that we were able to come up here mm -hmm. and then uh, everybody started their own lives they went to school they got married they got kids sure. and we all just uh, went you know different ways that's it they're here and they're in Connecticut or yeah are they no they're here in Connecticut yeah, yeah. yeah okay and then you got your mother to come up right yes was, yeah, she the, she, was she the hardest one to get to come? No, she came up and then and then she's like, okay, all yeah. my kids are up there, so why am I doing down here by myself? Yeah. So she came up and, you know, came up to be with us. Thank God. Yeah. It's going to be so nice to have yeah. your mom here. Yeah, of course. And know. that's been for how long now? Has your mom About the same, like 19 years, 18 for oh, okay. her. Yeah, she's been here that long too. Not too long after you Not too long up. after. Yeah, she felt like, where are my kids? You know, what yeah, am I gonna yeah, do yeah. here? So, and I and I have to ask. I hope I'm not uh, getting too personal with your life, but your your father is still alive, or? Uh no. He's not. No, yeah. he's not. He got killed when I was three years old. Wow. Yeah, okay. and that's probably the the uh, introduction to violence for me mm. because I remember that night because oh. he got killed like coming home. And uh, yeah. I think that's what I have in me because he saved, there was this bad guy in town that had three teenagers at gunpoint mm -hmm. for whatever reason. So my dad knew the guy that had the gun, you know, and then my dad tried to talk to him into like, hey, what are you doing? What's going on? And this and that. And instead he killed my dad and the other three guys uh, ran away. I was three years old and I remember the commotion with like my mom, my grandma and my sisters. Sure. And they said that I remember um, hiding behind a door, looking through a window, seeing grandma with a blanket. And I was three years old. I cannot believe I have that memory still. Yeah. It's like it happened yesterday. I didn't know at the time. Especially you know. at three years old. Yeah. And then uh, I have like a few memories of my dad. I don't remember much of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's what happened. And the guy that shot him, he got killed the next day. The next day? Yeah, because he was all drugged up and just doing yeah. stupid shit. And I think shooting at people. And so they, they went and got him. So yeah, they tell me that when they were coming out from the, uh, the wake with my dad, they were coming in with the guy that shot him. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it is. So that's oh the story God. about my dad. So then my mom, by herself, yeah. we live with grandma and grandpa at the time. Mm -hmm. So they used to take care of us while my mom was working. Yeah. So she raised us all by herself. Right. Right. And yeah, wow. no, no, no dad, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, and and thank you for sharing that. That's that's uh, obviously heavy stuff. Yeah, sure. because at three years old, you'd be able to remember that. Mm -hmm. You know, that was like, that's probably the first time I was like, violence in my life. Yeah. So, it wow. is what it is. Sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I, 
I'm impressed by how you can kind of balance the two, just function in life and not let those things just bring you completely down because a lot of people, I shouldn't say a lot, but people could just turn that into this negativity and live their life full of negativity because of bad things that happen to them along the way. Yeah, I know. A lot of people become like resentful and, you know, Mm -hmm. they just become like instead of like trying to find a way to be better and and do better they just fall into depression Mm -hmm. and you know doing bad things to themselves or other people because that had happened to them or but i don't know uh like i said i was uh surrounded by great people thank god grandma was like i'm sorry that had happened but we gotta keep going right because there's nothing we can do about it you know? And that's her son, right? And that's no, that or was, was this your, no, your that mom's? was that was my mom's. Okay, yeah, gotcha. that was my yeah my mom's uh, mother. Okay, but uh, yeah, so she's like, all right, we just gotta be strong and keep going. That I'm sorry that happened, but what else are you gonna do? Columbia. You cannot bring him back to life. No, Colombians must be tough. At that time, it was. Now it's not as much. Now right. it's not like that. Right. You know, it was tough for us at the time. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it it makes you stronger. It makes you grateful. It makes you if you want, you know, right. because we all have a choice. Yeah. And then uh, now it's like it's awesome. It's a lot of tourists. I wish I can bring all my friends and show them around. Yeah. yeah. I have the opportunity to bring you know a few friends down there and uh, show them you know what I learned and you have places. done that. Yeah, I have. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's totally different. Mm-hmm. But it's like I said, it's in, in, like everywhere you find. Uh-huh you know bad people in bad locations that you shouldn't right. be there or unfortunately yeah. things bad things happen to you yeah. so you can I cannot speak in general uh-huh. because you know, if you have a great time in the worst time in the worst town doesn't mean someone else did right. you know what I mean yeah. but that, I'm just sharing my own experience mm-hmm. you know it's amazing that you, that you that you came through that and you kept focusing on being you know better or keep yourself out of any kind of trouble so you could focus on what you what you loved yeah definitely and family too yeah yeah yeah, i've always been like that like very like um focusing what i wanted to do and you know try not to fall into other bad habits and stuff like that and you know i always thought about my mother Mm -hmm. how hard she has worked for us and the times that i saw her working endless yeah. And then you're just like, I cannot do this to her. She right. doesn't deserve me, you know, becoming now what she wants me to become. Sure. She's raising me to be a great person, so I'm going to do my best. It worked. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, your, so. your story isn't done yet, but... Oh, I have you know. some. Yeah, like I said, it's, it's pretty amazing that yeah. I'm, I'm able to share and learn and be mm-hmm. in places that I never thought I was going to be and right. meet awesome people that influence you know yeah. your life so i'm very thankful for that mm-hmm. you know we you know what why don't i read a couple compliments of, of you uh <laughs> let's see matt lucas who we were with last weekend when we went to yeah. uh to raise he said hector is always pushing myself and everyone around him to ride better and be a better human my lucas is awesome <laughs> he, he is yeah yeah he, love that guy Someday I'll have the guts to put that picture up on my Instagram of him at the pool with his bike. <laughs> you gotta do it, man. You gotta do it. Oh, uh, he 
That was the first time I had really spent time with him, and, and Matt's just such a great guy. Yeah, he's just a, I love my Lucas. He's yeah. an awesome dude. He definitely is. Here we go. Uh, Stephen Horvath. I think he's from Trumbull area. Uh, he's from Fairfield here. Yeah. Oh, he is Fairfield. Yeah. Okay. Rides well, mountain Moto bike. Motopop. <laughs> Motopop, <laughs> yeah. That's what you call him? Yeah, they give him the nickname. Oh, man. He rides a lot of mountain bikes, though, right? Yes. Okay. He does. He rides everything a little yeah. bit. I'm sure I've, I've met him. Uh, he says, Hector has been a great guy to push, uh, to push me and the rest of the next generation to rip trails and parks better. Thank you for the good times, you BMX punk. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we'll get this one out of the way real quick. He said, uh, "Why can't you do what? Yeah, why can't you do a turn down?" Oh God! And, and I and I say, "Well, why can't you do a bar hop?" That's what I would tell him. <laughs> you know? So yeah. Right back at you, Steve. Um, but yeah. anyway, what, I'm sure there's a story behind that. Oh, it's like every time, everywhere. I don't know how that started. I think it started at Haven. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I was doing a lot of tricks, and then they never saw me doing a turn down. Right, right. And I think I tried for the longest time to learn a look backs and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. for some reason, didn't click. I'm like, nah. Yeah. And I wasn't worried about learning that trick. I was learning like all the tricks that were like I thought was they were easier for me, but turn down seems pretty easy. Yeah. But for some reason, I cannot get my legs out of the way. <laughs> And I'm like, and I haven't spent the time to learn it. So right. I, I, now I feel like I don't want to learn it because then yeah. you guys will be like, turn down and that's it. You know, yeah. you know if, I, if I do a turn down, you guys are never going to ask me again. And then I don't have anything to, you know, besides you guys. So you guys have a trick on me. Right, right. You know, you can do all these tricks, but not a turn down. I'm like, uh, yeah, man. <laughs> and then one night at Haven, they were, they were like yelling from every corner, do a turn down, do a turn down. And I'm like... Really? I'm going to do these ones instead. And I just started like throwing crazy tricks. Yeah. They were just shut up. They were like, oh, God. Until you now. like this one better? Do you like this one better? You like this double tail better? Right, they're like, right. no, we want to see a tournament. Like, I can't do them right now. So I don't know. Maybe one day I'll learn them or whatever. I would just say, hey, that, that trick belongs to Chris Doyle. Just leave it, leave it alone. I'm not doing it. I'm yeah, it. I told him like that's, I, Chris, that's Chris's trick. Yeah, that's Chris Doyle's <laughs> trick. And I asked him once, "Hey, can you teach me how to do that?" And I guess he's like, "Yeah, of course." And I never did. Yeah, right, right, right. Oh, so that's, that's great. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> I'll just mention this because this was kind of funny. Last week when we were going to do this uh, in Ohio, Wild Bill, we love our Wild Bill on Long Island, on the Long Island. <laughs> Uh, he, <laughs> how come you have to go all the way to Ohio to interview Hector when you both live in Connecticut? <laughs> As it turns out, we didn't inter- we didn't do this in Ohio. We we're doing it in Connecticut yep. right now, just because of you, Bill. We just wanted to fix that wrong. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Not, no, no, it was funny. It was because it was kind of funny that you and I are from Connecticut. And we were going to do it all the way ten hours away. I know. But to to complete the story for those that don't know. Uh, Hector got a little hurt and we wanted to make sure he was okay so it's best yeah. to wait wait until you're feeling good since you hadn't been checked out yet and uh, and you're good Everything's yeah so yeah good. I didn't break anything I was pretty scared because I I crashed really hard so I thought I broke my collarbone my shoulder my ribs everything yeah. I got a small concussion mm-hmm. now my shoulder is all taped up and everything is good everything is super bruised but mm-hmm. 
I know how it goes and I always tell my friends it's the price I pay for all the fun I have riding my bike. Yeah. Hey, so I'm I'm my broken legs because I you know, I knew what I was doing. It's it was worth it to me to get hurt to try to progress. Yeah. I guess it's the best way to say yeah, it. Yeah, and I have a few people telling me, Really? Isn't that enough? Are you still riding? You're still trying to get hurt? Isn't it time for you to stop doing that? And I'm like, yeah. uh, no, because they're called accidents yes. and they happen when you least expect it and doing whatever. So what am I going to do? Live in fear or not do anything because it might get hurt? That's, no, yeah. just don't let the fear get to you. And if it happens, hopefully you're okay and just sure. heal and keep going. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way I feel. And as you get older, you get more of those questions because I'm almost... Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. It, it, I'm like, you're still riding the bike? Aren't you old enough to do that? I'm like, ain't that great? I'm still riding? Yeah. I'm trying not to stop riding. I'm going to ride for the longest I can. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not going to push it like maybe as, as I did 10 years ago, but I'm going to sure. still because I love it. Right. You know, so... Right. Actually, you can, you know, I can teach you. I can yeah. show you how to ride if right. you want to learn something new. Yeah, and right. then they just like, ah... We're never going <laughs> to win. I'm like, no, it's not about winning or losing. It's just doing what you love. Right, right, exactly. I usually tell people that, that ask me why I'm still doing it because they don't understand, you know, coworkers, yeah. things like that. I just say, well, I think it's more dangerous just to sit on the couch and watch football all the time because you're not moving. Yeah. You know, you've got a greater risk than me riding because you're just becoming... I don't say it just like this, but you're becoming unhealthy just sitting, sitting, sitting. Yeah. And not, you know, you got to keep moving and eat the right things and at least make an attempt at being healthier. Yeah. And I think what we do, even though we get hurt now and then, is we're still healthier because we're out there. Yeah, definitely. And you keep yourself in in good shape. So that's... uh, Of course, I only have one body. I got to take care of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Before I forget, Insta Diggles. I love this dude. Please tell him that. So it's there, there, <laughs> nice. you, there you go. Yeah, I love him too. Insta. Great memories. Those guys in New York. Yeah, there's so many good guys in New York, right? I mean, yeah. In Mass, I've, I've started to meet more guys from from Mass over time, and Massachusetts guys are awesome too. Yeah, this is great. So when you all right, so when you came up, uh, how how long before you started doing contests up here? Uh, so first, I got to get a BMX bike, I didn't have one. So I have this magazine with me since Columbia. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw this, I'm a, you know, Dave Mira fan, yeah. all those guys, all mm-hmm. that generation of him and Jay Myra and Matt Hoffman, all those guys, Dennis McCoy. Right. They were like the guys I was looking up to. Mm-hmm. So I love like the whole um, Dave Mira, you know, style of the way... He rode and his bikes and everything. So I was like, I want to get this bike. Mm-hmm. I'm going to work and save and buy me a bike like his. So I had the BMX magazine with me and I finally put the money together. I went to the store and I told these guys, can I get this bike in like my little bit of English that I had at the time because I was learning. Mm-hmm. I'm still learning. If you don't understand, sorry, but <laughs> you can teach me the words. <laughs> I'm open to corrections. Um <laughs> So I got, I ordered a Y, that was a 1999 Dave Mira Pro Y Peril with everything. I want this bike as is shown in the magazine. Yeah, so yeah, they're yeah. like, what? 
I think the bike was like 800 bucks. Uh-huh. And I'm like, okay. So they ordered for me. I couldn't wait for the bike to get here. Yeah. Shiny from the packet. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. So then I started riding. And then... Uh, and you still have this bike, don't you? Yes, I do. We're going to go look at that oh, after, right? Yeah. Okay. A lot of my friends know about that bike. <laughs> so that was maybe... I met my friend Danny. Danny Rivera. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's from Colombia also, but he was here since was little little mm-hmm. and then he also rode bmx so the guys at the store my really good friend john wilkins that's, that was working at that store mm-hmm. rick rick craft was there too okay and so i met these guys there they were awesome so they were like we have this kid that comes to the store that's also colombian and he also rides bmx maybe he can help you out and i'm like oh Whoa. cool you, you will have someone to ride and i'm like of yeah. course definitely so they contacted danny and then they put us in touch mm-hmm. and then we became really good friends and then he you know was driving at a time and he you know he grew up here so he took me to places so we started riding street we started like i used to ask him to teach me english mm-hmm. we used to ride you know skate parks sure and i remember there was a ride bmx magazine that had listed all the skate parks mm-hmm. so the east coast we were just every weekend we were going to a different park to ride them sure so I was uh, more comfortable with the new bike and riding and stuff like that. And then someone told me about a contest in Rhode Island, Kevin uh-huh. Robinson's uh, Kevin Robinson's place. Impact. Right? Impact, the first one. Yeah. So I wasn't driving. I didn't know much about where to go, how. So my sister had a car, and I was like, all right. I was. <laughs> <laughs> driving a little bit here and there and then my friend Danny couldn't take me to the contest and I was just itching to go I felt that I needed to go there uh-huh. so I told my sister can I borrow your car for a moment uh, I know can I just go do something and she's like yeah yeah go ahead I'm like okay cool so I put my bike in the car put up my pads my backpack and I asked Danny how do I make it there and he's like dude just drive on 95 like two hours <laughs> Get off, this, get off this exit and then ask around. I'm like, ask? ask? Just write down what I need to ask. So I took off on my sister car. And then I made it there somehow. I was scared because I was like, I don't know. I'm just going to drive to the speed limit. I don't want to get pulled over. Right. I didn't, I, don't, I didn't have a license at the time. I didn't have much practice. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. And then I got to Impact and Kevin Robinson... Uh, that was the first time I met him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And somehow I made myself understood that he took me in. He registered me into the contest. He was awesome. Actually, he gave me a bottle of water and welcome to my park and enjoy your time. And I was, I was like, oh, my yeah. God, this guy is awesome. And then I wrote the contest and it was wild. It yeah. was crazy. I was like, I'm just going to do whatever it takes so I can play. So yeah. I don't know. I'm just going to ride the way I ride. Uh-huh. And I was doing some crazy stuff there, and that's where I met uh, Nick. Oh, okay, that's right. Nick yeah, there. And, and a few other guys, Nick. and I met a few pros that were coming mm-hmm. up. I think Chad Kelly was there, I think Alan Cook, and I think a few other guys were there. Uh-huh. And I was just focused and just riding. I was going crazy at that place, and yeah. I did, like, that's like the thing that most people remember from that time is mm-hmm. that I did a they had a h a hoffman logo in the back of a quarter pipe and that was really far away from the lip from like the coping and somehow i was like i want a wall right that wall 
and it was really far from you know from the ramp and i'm like all right off of a quarter off so the you, quarter so you gotta you gotta push forward off that vert yeah and then somehow i just i saw it possible and i just did and i rode the wall and came back into the ramp and everybody went nuts everybody went crazy and i'm like what happened <laughs> i landed down i was so happy too but i never thought everybody was gonna react that way and they were cheering and i was like oh i felt it so good yeah so welcoming and i was like that was great so when i got and then i just you know made a few friends and they mm-hmm. asked me where I was from and, and stuff like that. And then uh, I just drove back home and my sister, what happened? You've been going all day, what's going on? And, you no know, cell phones, No right? cell phones, no right. nothing. And I was like, I'm sorry, I got lost. Yeah, right, I was right. everywhere. <laughs> I didn't know, I just took this road and it took me everywhere. I was trying to find out and ask. And she's like, yeah, sure, your bike is in the car. I'm like, yeah, you know, in case I had to ride my bike. And then she just, I got caught. She's like, yeah, you went somewhere, right? I'm yeah. like, yeah, I did. I'm sorry, I got lost. And then she's just like, ah, never again. Yeah. And of course, I t- did it again. Right. <laughs> so that sister. was my first experience uh, on a contest. Uh-huh. And it was awesome. It was great. Like I said, uh, I felt that I didn't, I, I didn't have the language at the time. Mm-hmm. Like basic, basic English. But they made me feel that I didn't need it because I had the BMX language. You know, I yes. communicated with my bike. Right. And everybody was like so awesome. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. It is very cool. And I remember Nick Capriccio telling me about this a while ago. Like you told me this story a year or two ago. It, it was just, it was so cool. It, it left an impact on him for sure. Yeah, and it was pretty funny because I had like Dave Mira knee pads and Dave Mira elbow pads and the poor boy knee, uh, chin guards. I looked like, yeah. I wanted to look like him at the time. <laughs> and he was awesome. Yeah. That is, that is great. So that started helping you connect with other people, and then you started to go to other contests. Other contests, and I went to Massachusetts, and uh, other contests there. I jumped over a fence up there, and people were like, what is this guy doing? What is this guy from? What is he doing that for? And uh, I yeah. met the guys from Massachusetts that now are like really dear friends of mine. Mm-hmm. And they also, they also, when they ask him how you meet Hector, they also, they always bring that contest and me jumping over the fence. Sure. It's funny. And then, um, like that, I started going different places with my friend Danny and other friends. Mm-hmm. And then, um, Kevin Riley and this crew, Mike Masisco, I rode with Mike Masisco for the longest time. Yeah. Masisco owns Tony's bikes. And, uh, we used to go everywhere too. We became really good friends and riding everywhere. Sure. And, uh. That's how I just started like doing, doing trips to different skate parks and, you know, connecting with people. Right. And then it took from there. Yeah. No. So that's why I always had to go somewhere else to mm-hmm. learn something else and uh, learn, keep like watching the pros and, and trying to learn the tricks and uh-huh. keep up with that. Uh, when, when did you start doing shows? Man, I've been doing shows for a really long time. I started doing shows in Colombia. Two, three years after I got here, I oh. started doing shows with Jeff Jones yeah, from yeah. New Jersey, Hello uh-huh. Wheels, and then um, a few other people, and then Matt Mastel from Team East uh, mm-hmm. started the uh, the show company, so I started doing shows with them. Yeah. So I've been doing shows for as long as I've been here, almost. Wow. Yeah, with different companies, and uh, he was awesome too because... I was getting paid riding my bike. Right. So right. Yeah. it's pretty cool. And he's, I never thought uh, 
when I was a kid in Colombia that a BMX bike was going to take me so many places and introduce yeah. me to so many great people. Sure. You know? I'm going to get through uh, the last couple questions before we hit the, the motorcycle trip. Because oh. <laughs> I, want, I want plenty of time for the motorcycle trip. Okay. A lot of people want to talk, want you to talk about that. Nick Caparuccio also asked, well, he of course he asked, did you push, did you get pushed or fall into the door during the interview? Um, I was playing drunk and I just yeah. fell into the door. Yeah, you know, when you get a bunch of friends together like that, sometimes you go through doors. Yeah, you know, sometimes sometimes they push you, sometimes you just fall. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. No one saw anything. I didn't see anything. Did you see anything? Nope. That's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> it like, was. Oh. You can hear it in the background on the uh, on the podcast. It's it's pretty funny. <laughs> it did. By the way, it didn't mess up anything. In, in fact, I like it when stuff happens in the background. Yeah, it makes it even more fun. So anyway, uh, next other question: Did you ever go through the sheetrock ceiling, airing a quarter? Yes, I have. More than once. Oh, more yes. than once. Yeah, I've been like trying to push it and see how high I can go up the quarter and stuff like that. But yeah. we had a warehouse in uh, Seymour, I think it was. Okay. And uh, at the time, we were riding these heavy bikes, you know. Mm, right. That bike was 43 pounds, triple wall, everything. Yeah. Super heavy chromoly. And we were just there sessioning that warehouse at night. Uh-huh. And I was trying to air as high as I could. And then I saw the ceiling and I'm like, oh, maybe I can touch it. And then I just got crazy speed and I didn't touch it. I just went through it. <laughs> just went out. My whole body went up and oh. I destroyed the ceiling. Everything came down after me. I had to just jump off the bike. Oh, my God. There's, we, there's videos of that, I think. And it was you, like, I was okay. Yeah. But I destroyed the ceiling. We got to find this video. It so is. Did, did you land on the deck or did you slide? Oh, I slide. I slide the transition. The bike oh, okay. was bouncing, you know, ceiling stuff coming down. And they were like, did you just? I'm like, yeah, I just yeah. did. Sorry. I'll fix it. Do you think we could find People could find it if they want to? Uh, no, it's got to be in like one of my tapes somewhere. Oh, one of yours. Okay. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Well, uh, where people may be able to see you, and I didn't realize this, so I was I was psyched this guy brought this up. But Ray's voyage, he uh, he's the guy. I don't know if you saw him. He's the guy that made me this really cool steel, uh, the BMX in our blood, like uh, the he, logo. Yeah, he did, mm -hmm. I don't know if he did it with a plasma cutter. I forget what he, how he told me he did it, but yeah, he did that whole logo out of metal. It's That's like, awesome. It's the coolest thing I've ever yeah. I've ever seen. It was a such a nice gift. So. Anyway, Ray's Voyage wanted to know crazy stories from Props Megator 4, especially if it involves the guns. So, <laughs> or. Yeah, we did. We did. Uh, at that time, I was getting hooked up by um, Bulldog bikes oh. from New York. Yes. Bulldog? Yeah. Oh, Jimmy Mack. Jimmy Mack uh, used to give me some frames. Uh -huh. so that's when I met. Mike Brennan, Brad Sands, uh, a few other guys from uh, New York. Wow. And then uh, we got invited to Mega Tour uh -huh. in Florida. At that time, it was everybody just doing their own thing, filming and, you know, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, at some point, I was just not feeling it. I was not mm -hmm. like, I wanted to ride like crazy. I was just hanging out and meeting friends mm -hmm. and playing with the ramps and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And of course, involved guns because he was down there, yeah. and he was 
he's <laughs> crazy. He's an awesome dude. Yeah. I was like, that's the guns? What? Yeah, he's drunk. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, so I met him and he yeah. just, we were start speaking Spanish and he was all crazy telling me stories. And then he just have a drink and have this. We became like really cool friends there and we were just sliding to like handrails and, uh-huh. and being crazy. And uh, him and I ended up drinking whiskey that night and just being oh. idiots oh, and riding bikes <laughs> and just making fun of each other. It was awesome to see him mm-hmm. besides, you know, riding and the stories you heard and being like screaming plenty Mexican and being proud of it. It was, it was awesome to spend time with guns and the guys, uh, the uh, Bulldog team and then the other guys. Mm. It was a pretty cool experience. And at that time, I, th- I think I, I wasn't riding much. Mm-hmm. I was like, in that trip, I was like getting hurt a lot. Oh, okay. And then I was like, no, nah, not riding. And the guys were actually taking, you know, riding street and doing that. And I was helping them, right. you know, getting the exposure. Maybe right. there's a clip or two of me in the Omega Tour and that's it. Mm-hmm. And they were like, that was your time to shine. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but I'm also there with my friends. They can also shine. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what right, I mean? Right. So it was cool. Bongo. Who's that? Bongo. I don't know. It's some someone in some band. He's just, they just oh, I, I know who that is. He beats on his drums all day. Yeah, Bongo, Bongo. two fifty. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, he is the announcer for Team East shows, right? He announces uh, for you know a few teams. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When with, with the BMX shows, is like where it's closed or available. Yeah. You know, can do the show. He announces and he also yeah. rides, so it works well for him. Yeah. Yeah. Bill, Bill Regani, right? Is that how you say it, Regani? No, we used um, to call him Jimmy Neutron. Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy Neutron? Yeah. At the, <laughs> That's great. Yeah. At the warehouse where we used to ride, I think that was Seymour. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he used to go there and try to ride with us. He was such a little kid. <laughs> you know, he was, we always like hanging out with him. Right. He so. got really. I hope this doesn't sound wrong, Bill. Sorry, but he got really good this year. He put his. It seemed like you really started focusing on really, like bringing it up a level. And I've seen him ride. pushing it. Yeah, yeah, riding more and more and practicing, and it's yeah. cool. I I love seeing those kids because I met them at such a young age, mm-hmm. and at that time they were like riding with you and wanting to do tricks and learn and. Right. be like that and now they're like all grown up and right. now I can see them riding you know a lot better and enjoying you know mm-hmm. going places and hanging out with friends it yeah. makes me happy because you know when they're little I can remember them just trying you know yeah. trying to get there and now they're there and I'm like I can relate to that yeah. so it's pretty cool it makes me happy that they're doing that oh he has a question I forgot we weren't just talking oh, of about course. of course <laughs> what is your favorite competition you have ever competed in one of my favorite contests oh there's so many that I I enjoyed it and I loved uh-huh. but um the king of New York in the Bronx Molali mm-hmm. Park mm-hmm. and right. uh, I was you know when I show up to Molali I uh, remember Dave Littleman was the king of New York, New York at the time yeah and Dave was, you know, he's awesome. He was writing like, oh my God, this guy can write, you yeah. know. He's also Colombian, so we could like communicate. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't so, know that. And then uh, I, I used to go to Molali a lot. My friend Danny took me there and I met the guys and then I fell in love with the place. Mm-hmm. And I used to go there maybe three times a week. 
yeah. because they have the ramps right. in the, um, the Vive and I was able to communicate with a few of the people there. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was like one of the contests that I was like pushing a lot. And um, I remember having so much fun because that was my, you know, kind of local park, mm-hmm. you know. And then um, in 2002, I think, I entered that contest and I was riding like crazy and I ended up winning it. Uh-huh. I tried to double flip that 43 pound bike. Yeah, I got. I almost landed it. I almost landed that double flip, and everybody went crazy. And they picked me up and lift me up and walked me throughout the whole park because they couldn't believe that I tried to double flip in that contest, and I ended up winning that. Oh, that's and that's a pretty cool memory because everybody like was happy for mm-hmm. me, and I was happy that I didn't get hurt. And I was like amazed how much love you know people yeah. were you know expressing for riding bikes with them. So it's a few contests that I went to some parks and stuff, but mm-hmm. yeah, the King of New York was one of the ones that uh, yeah. I have like really good memories. The way I see it is that, you know, BMX was more like, he was bigger here, mm-hmm. but we from outside the US and like, I can, I think I can relate to all the guys around US and the other countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, they probably started the same way I did, like watching videos and maybe a friend came from the States and he's writing or magazines and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't have, we didn't have like much, you know, not ramps, not like guidance. We were basically, what is it? Monkey do, monkey, monkey, oh, see, monkey, monkey see, do, monkey do yeah. kind of thing. Right. So I think we were like small seeds mm-hmm. of BMX around the world learning and trying to you know catch up to the way bmx works and stuff like that and then mm-hmm. we got to a certain level that we have the opportunities to come here and compete and mm-hmm. see how it is and then we just spread you know we were now spreading bmx into our back into our countries and the yeah. new generations were coming up and then now you can see all these guys coming from different countries and being like so talented mm-hmm. that I think it comes from that. You know what I mean? We were like yeah. the first ones to start coming and enjoying and seeing, getting to know more about it. And then it was harder for us because we didn't know how it, how it was. You know what I mean? It's like I said, the first time I entered a, a, like a contest, like a, I think it was a CFB contest up in Buffalo, I think. And then... Um, I couldn't believe that I was sitting on a ramp and to my right, I was riding with all the guys I look up to. Uh, that was Jay Myron, and Dave Mirror and all these guys from the States, super mm-hmm. pros, getting paid, sponsors, everything. And then I look to my left and there's all these guys like me mm-hmm. from other countries, from Europe, from who knows where, trying to do the same as me. And I'm right there in, in the, the middle, middle of this too. And I'm like, it, it was a moment that you're like, Wait, am I here? Am I dreaming? Did I make it this far? Doesn't that almost seem symbolic to you in a way that you were in the you were in the middle of the established group? Both worlds. Yeah, Yeah. both worlds. It's a perfect way to put it. Yeah, and I was like, whoa. And I remember being like super nervous. Like I don't know what to do. The ramps were bigger. Mm. The ramps were like a lot more like slippery and you have to ride them a lot like faster and all that and I'm like whoa uh, this is what a pro contest looks yeah. like I'm like what am I gonna do now I'm like shaking and I'm like gotta pee yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> and then I remember asking Jay Myron 
with uh-huh. the little bit of English I had, I'm like, uh-huh. Jake, what do you do? I'm like super nervous. Yeah. What's the best thing to do? He's like, just fuck it. Just <laughs> do it. I'm like, okay. All right. Just, he's, you know how he is. Just, just give it you all. I'm like, all send right, it as they say it. now. Yeah. Right? So I'm like, all right. Yeah. So I did, and I ended up crashing because I wanted to do a backflip bar spin, and I missed my bars and crash, and uh, that's yeah. like, yeah. crash is a no-no when you don't contest. Yeah, right. But at the same time, I re- it was a relief because I was like, I'm riding this place. Yeah. I don't know how I'm doing, but I'm riding it. Right. And I met the other guys and everybody, and I was like, wow, it's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah. And like I said, BMX has always been awesome to me. Mm-hmm. You know, not because I was from other country, I didn't speak the language, none of that really mattered. Mm-hmm. You know, to those guys, they were actually pretty nice helping you, sharing with you. Mm-hmm. Even though they were famous and, you know, getting paid, that was their career at the time, and you're just trying to do the same. Right. They were awesome. Yeah. You know, they took us in, and I, was, I feel like, wow, mm-hmm. it is it's pretty cool. You know what I mean? Right. But uh, it, was, uh, it was definitely harder. You know what I mean? Because you're coming from somewhere else and these guys are established and they're getting the sponsors. The companies want to sell. Right. You know, right. so they, I, I feel like the companies, they didn't want to take a risk with someone that you barely know or like comes from somewhere else mm-hmm. at the time, maybe when they can have someone from here that's been doing it longer and better, I yeah. guess. But then they probably start catching up into like, maybe we should give, you know, some of these guys a chance and mm-hmm. start sponsoring someone from somewhere else uh-huh. and expanding. And that was, it's pretty cool because now you see everybody from oh, yeah. all over the world getting sponsored, getting contests and stuff like that. Sure. So I don't know how much um, influence you've been from somewhere else mm-hmm. in like contests and stuff like that. But you felt that sometimes it's like, oh, someone makes you feel that you don't belong here yeah 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 but it's like right. everything else you sure. know it's like people like that everywhere well you you dealt with that all through yeah. all through your childhood so. yeah so I was like okay sorry man yeah that's how you feel okay right right you know I had someone tell me once I was asking for a sponsorship because I was like working really hard and still trying to ride my bike right and I was asking to help me out the sponsor what do you need to get sponsored because mm-hmm. I heard these guys get travel budget. I heard these guys get parts. I heard these guys get, you know, sure. uh, you pay their plane tickets. And I'm like, oh, that would be awesome because yeah. I don't have to, you know, spend a lot of money from work and then miss sure. days out of work and then mm-hmm. not getting paid and see if you can make it. Right. And someone told me like, I'm sorry, man, I cannot help you because I don't think you will sell right to my face. And I'm like, oh, that's how it works. Yeah. I'm like, all right, man. Do okay. You- that's do you, cool. Do you think, looking back at it now, it was, it was actually as much as it may have hurt at that time. Do you think it was better that they were honest with you and said, instead of dodging you, you know? Yeah, what I mean? yeah. Instead of like, yeah, yeah, this and that. We, no, we get back. Not. We get back to you. We call you if we need you. Right. That's the part that would. No, suck. it was. It was. I'm, I've always been like that. Just be straight yeah. up with me, and yeah. that's it. So yeah, it was like oh. Okay. Which it still sucks, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. You're like, okay, but yeah. that's fine. And then you think about it, it's like, yeah, he's looking for the interest of the company. Right. You know, that's what they're doing. Right. All right, man. Yeah. I just asked. 
sure. know, I just wanted to know. Sure. And then there was someone else that was like, yeah, man, where are you from? What's the deal? Can we send you stuff? What do you yeah. need? And I was like, uh, can you cover me, let's say, a night in a hotel and something mm -hmm. like that? And they were like, yeah, yeah. man. Right. Even Mike Masisco, he did that for me once. And I'm like, what do you need? I'm like, ah, uh, hotels, man. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, here's for a night in a hotel. Mm -hmm. And he was my friend starting working in his bike shop. Right. So right. that's why I'm always like thankful to Mike for helping me out. Sure. A lot with the bike shop and the parts and hooking me up with stuff. Yeah. And he did that for me. And I was like, oh, man, thank you. Right. And a lot of people did that, you know, send me parts. Mm -hmm. uh, Helped me when I was like traveling and like, no, 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 you stay with me. Sure. You know what I mean? So save me, yeah. few, you know, a few dollars and we were there doing contests. And when I got travel budget from certain companies and stuff like that, I was doing the same because I felt bad because there was someone else in my shoes mm -hmm. back then. So I'm like, hey, I got a room with two beds. Who needs, who yeah. needs a place to stay? Yeah, right. So right. I shared that with people that, you know, hey, we can all stay in this room. You know nice. what I mean? So. I was always passing it on, you yeah. know, how people helped me and then I was trying to help someone else. But like I said, I wish I had, um, how you call it, mm, a better chance, yeah. you know, someone actually helped me a lot more because right. I felt that I could have done a lot, a lot more. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, and just being able to not have to worry about work. And, well, yeah, on your end too, yeah. but you knew that you were good enough to to help that company if they were to sponsor you. Yeah, I think I had what it takes. I right. think I had what it took for, you know, to ride and, mm -hmm. you know, exposure and help promote the company, the brand. And not just that, I was probably going to be, uh, I, let's say, um, a connection with other countries. You yeah. know what I mean? Bring it outside the States, not just the States. Right. You know, so people from other countries, let's say Colombia, were seeing that I'm riding for this company and supporting this. Yeah. You know, this brand, they probably will be like, oh, let's get that. They're supporting our guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? But a lot of yeah. companies maybe didn't realize about that. They didn't think yeah. that way at the maybe at the time. At that time, yeah. But I wish someone gave me a chance like that yeah. at the time Yeah. to be able to ride and go mm -hmm. places and, you know, do more contests and be able to just focus on riding. Because mm -hmm. I had to work and leave work and go ride and then come back to work and mm -hmm. always working, always working. So I wish I had time to like, I don't know how I did it. I was like yeah. pursuing a BMS career and then working to survive. But uh, yeah, it is what it is. If it, you know, it's like I always say, if it's meant to happen, it will. Right. And maybe the way it happened is, you know, sure. how I was supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad I did it and met the people and I'm thankful for as far as I got. Man, you, you're really good at, at turning a negative into a positive. What I always kept in my mind was, um, whatever happened, I'm going to ride my bike for the same reason I started, mm -hmm. which is for the fun of it, for how much I love it. Right. So yeah. no matter what happened, sponsor or no sponsor, you know, get hurt, not hurt, mm -hmm. be able to ride or not, right. I'm always going to do it because of I love riding BMX, because right. I love having fun on my bike, riding with my friends. Sure. You know, so it hasn't changed since I started riding, and yeah. that's why I keep doing it. It's pretty cool. I always get happy for, you know, someone's success. That's pretty cool about you. Uh, <laughs> I know you don't want to, you don't want to say it, but I'll tell you, that's, that makes you pretty special. And so, you know, thank you. Thank you yeah, for doing yeah. that. You know, of the, course, man. DMX thanks you for doing that. Uh, 
can we talk about the crazy trick that you learned basically for the last contest you did ended up being the last contest you did i believe but it was a backflip variation or was it a flare variation uh, both a few of them yeah yeah but it involved the candy bar what was that trick there was actually a few in that run that was like my most favorite run what contest was this that was the do tour okay 2010 i believe that mm-hmm. was my last contest or one of the last ones mm-hmm. and then uh at some point I always loved the way bar hops looked mm-hmm. and I was not able to do them when I was in Colombia. I had a friend that actually was doing them and I always asked him, how you do that trick? How you do that trick? And one day I just started doing them here. Uh-huh. Uh, I think I'm in Molali or Woodward, some of the places and I got really comfortable doing bar hops and I loved it. Mm-hmm. And candy bars and stuff like that. And I didn't see many people doing them and I was like, oh, nice. I'm going to just keep doing this trick sure. and all the tricks. When I was maybe at the peak of my riding, I started doing uh, some crazy variations. And I always like to see what else I can do, mm-hmm. how, how far I can push it. Mm-hmm. And then I started doing backflip bar spins, backflip can-cans. I started like doing a bunch of variations with the flip. I was like, yeah, it's the same trick, but upside down. Sure, right, right. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So in that run, I was able to learn uh, to combine candy bars and bar hops. So in that run, I did a Superman to bar hop. I did a backflip bar spin to candy bar in the <laughs> same jump. And then I did a a flare, a candy flare, I called it. So you flare and then one of your legs is through your bars. So I was able to land that too. And I was doing bar hops to know for the can-cans and playing with that. And I threw double tail whips here and there, but mostly. And I also wanted to do a, a bar hop over spine. Okay. So it was pretty cool. And I think I did a Superman to bar hop over spine. And that day I was like, uh, how did I have time to do that? I was going to say, how do you have time? I'm you like, would have to launch I'm that like, spine. Yeah, I was like going up pretty yeah. much. And I'm like, how did I just... And not land flat. I'm like, <laughs> oh, you land flat sometimes, but it doesn't matter. That's the least of your worries. Right, right. So yeah, that run is pretty. Was pretty amazing because I didn't crash. Mm-hmm. I did the whole sixty seconds, and it was everything worked out. And I was like, oh, did I just do maybe three tricks, three variations that no one else has done? Yeah, yeah. And I was so happy that I was able to do that. I was like, oh my god, I didn't care about score or uh, anything mm-hmm. and I, in my mind I was like oh my god I hope I get like really good score because this is like you know no one has done it right right and then my score was like not the best one yeah. and I was like okay yeah there you go yeah. that's fine right and I just walked away and then I saw people that were like not doing shit and they got better score it made the and, that, and that's when they when it clicked in my head I'm like oh Something called politics. I'm <laughs> yes. like, okay. Yeah. I don't mean get, to be laughing, but yes. That's, yeah. So the, it sucks. And I feel for I feel for judges, man, because yeah. to judge contests like that, especially with the level and like yeah. different styles and people writing and stuff like that. Sure. It's kind of hard to judge. But at the same time, you got to appreciate writers mm-hmm. that are like all around. You know what I mean? That yeah. can do it all. Mm-hmm. I feel more like, feel like, 
they have to work harder, you know, because they're trying to do more. Right. You know, I respect everyone. I respect everyone's styles, you know, mm-hmm. everyone, you know, writing. Right. But uh, there's guys that actually go far and beyond and become mm-hmm. all-around writers. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just well, it's that's harder what you to do. do. I, I think you're an all-arounder. You yeah. write trails. You write park. Yeah. I was writing everything. I learned to write flatland. I wrote vert. I wrote, you did flatland too. Yeah. I still remember a few tricks. It yeah. was cool. And then, uh, yeah, I can write a little bit of everything. If you could write some vert, they could use more vert riders right now. There's yeah. not enough. <laughs> yeah, but you need to practice a lot more. You have to be there and just ride and ride and ride. And hopefully so you don't move case. To, move to Woodward. Go stay with Jay Dalton. <laughs> Go stay yeah. with Jay Dalton or, or Beswick. Yeah. Say, I want to change sometimes, my life. Sometimes it goes through my head. I'm like, I'm 40. Maybe I can just give it another You're try. You're younger than Beswick. Maybe I can just give it another try. But I'm like, ah. The guys that are killing it in vert still are all in their 40s. Yeah. I shouldn't say all. I don't know if everyone. Like uh, Michael Laren, I believe, is. Yeah, Michael. Yeah, he, he's I, awesome. I'm not, I'm not sure how old he is. There's but, some younger guys there too, but. Um, yeah. Yeah, I thought about it many times, but at the same time, I was like, I gotta work, man. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. This, I already tried as hard as I could, so yeah. I don't know if I should do it again. Right. So I'm like, sometimes it crosses my head. I'm like, I wonder if I can. Right. Just try to write for just for the hell of it and see sure. if I can enter a contest and see how I do. But I'm like, eh, maybe, maybe not. If I had the money, I'd sponsor you to go go write vert, you know, it, it get it down, <laughs> and then just go to the next X Games. That's gonna be oh, that would be an interesting. Like, that would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think vert's amazing. I think the guys that ride vert are just certifiably nuts yeah vert is you know is skillful you have to be you know because the crashes on vert uh, they usually you know when you case and fly off your bike and land flat on your shoulders or your neck Mm -hmm. yeah it's pretty bad Uh, maybe i won't sponsor you to do that (laughs) i I want you to stay good i've been very like lucky and Protected, I can say mm-hmm. that because I crashed like so many times so hard and I'm like, ah, oh, thank God I didn't break anything. You, you're known as the guy that bounces back from every, every time you hit the deck. Yeah, <laughs> I know. You're Just... right back up. It's when you don't get right back up, we get really worried yeah. because you always get back I up. Always, even when I cannot, I try to get up right. and then I just fall down again and I'm like, oh no, it's one of those that I have to stay down and come back to my yeah. senses and be able. Like last weekend, last weekend I was pretty scared because I was like yeah, almost out, almost blacked out and I was like, oh no, my ribs and ribs right. are pretty scary because if you break them, sure. it's bad. Yeah, you but, can't do much about it with ribs, right? Yeah, you can puncture along and you just it's collapse right. and it's not, 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 not no. fine. And shoulders, they take a long time to heal. So I was like, ah, hopefully I'm okay. And you, you dodged both of those, I think. Yeah, hopefully. I did lucky enough knocking wood. Right. Let me ask you another question. Northeast bad boys, these, these guys are quickly becoming my favorite, oh, yeah. my favorite guys, <laughs> Northeast bad boys. So you're going to understand this better than me, but uh, they... They ask, uh, we've seen the bar hop, in parentheses, they said respect, exclamation point. But have you done or will you ever Cordova? Cordova? Yeah. No, I'm not familiar with that. I wonder what what they're trying to say. What trick is that? Cordova, I might have heard of it, but I probably don't remember right now. Yeah. I wonder what kind of trick it is. I have another question from them too, so if if we don't figure it out, that's all right. 
Let's skip to the next question then. So Northeast Bad Boys, their next question is, who would win a CFB? You, Alex Sturgeons, or Dom Mack? How old are these guys, Alex and Dom? They're older too. They're like probably my age. But um, so this would have been ten years ago. Or yeah, probably. Like that. that was pretty. I don't know. Kind of hard to, to tell because it depends up. You know the judges and whatever. However, mm-hmm. everybody's feeling that day or writing. You know, however they would write in that day. But like I said before, I will. I probably was try my all and mm-hmm. try to do something crazy because that's what we did in contest just trying to win it you right. know so you just try the, the best you can and hopefully you don't crash hopefully I hope we all three can win <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's not how it works so these guys were friends of yours Alex and Don yeah I met those guys before yeah they were riding for McNeil at the time oh yeah, okay for Jay Myron uh, Axel is from Argentina oh and okay and Don is from Canada I think Oh, okay. Yeah, so I've met those guys. They have their own styles and awesome. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their own craziness. Yeah. Riding. All right, so Russ Barone wants to know, what were you thinking when you tried to tail whip No Homo? The last jump on the Kiko run, the, that's the big guy, right? Isn't, yeah, that, it's like the a biggest 30, jump. Yeah. 30 foot, no, is it 30 foot? Something like that. Yeah? Yeah, it's a big jump. It was awesome. Yeah. I don't think I was thinking. <laughs> No, I was riding pretty, I know, pretty confident that day. I felt awesome riding those trails. They're awesome. And the people, the vibe there is pretty cool. Definitely. And uh, that jump looked pretty intimidating. The first time I saw it, and I never thought I was going to be able to jump it the way I was doing it. So I was pretty comfortable jumping it. And then uh, I was like, ah, maybe I can tail whip. Because I was pretty comfortable doing tail whips yeah. there in the jumps. And I saw, I got plenty of time, so I can... Um, Maybe try it. So I went for it and I kicked it, and then I didn't do it slow enough because uh-huh. you put it up there and the gap is big. Yeah. So the bike rotated once and I just saw it passing by my legs. So oh, I was no. going for the second tail whip, and then I'm like, uh oh, eject. So I just ditched the bike and I was from the sky just coming down to the landing. I don't know how I survived that. I land on the landing and tumble all over the place, my back, and I got up. And everybody was like, did you just survive that? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. So I started like, you know, shaking and grabbed the bike and kept riding. I'm like, uh, maybe one day. I don't think I want to do that again right now. Rubber Hector. It's just, he's a, he's a rubber Hector. Just bounces back, starts Armstrong, all that stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, that sounds crazy to me. That Having, was pretty high up. Uh, Fakie Master wants to know the origin of the bar hop and drop-in decades that you've done. The origins, I think the first person I saw doing that was Matt Hoffman riding street somewhere in a video. Oh, yeah? And those guys used to play with bar hops. So that trick has been around for a while. Mm-hmm. Just not many people give it a try, I think. Yeah. Mason Ritter, he does them. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah. Every time I see one, I'm like, oh, nice. I'm able to see one in person now. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have to get back to the wheel mill. Oh, he's awesome. Uh, I love that kid. I, uh, I love watching him ride. He's yeah, amazing. He's so yeah. talented. Yeah, nice very guy. humble. Yeah, Just, very nice kid. I love that picture of him doing the bar hop in his birthday. Looking, yeah. He's looking over, smiling. Yeah, he's so good. At Murphy, I think Murphy Machado took that picture. But that was, oh, it was awesome. Uh, Drop-in decades, uh, the origin of those. Drop-in decades. Uh, yeah, I used to do decades 
air, um, decade airs, and also lip tricks, and then doing a decade 180 to the lip. Really? Yeah, so you just do a tilt up and just mm-hmm. decade into the lip, all uh-huh. sub boxes and stuff like that. Right. That comes from watching the older guys doing stuff like that. Dennis McCoy used to do that all the time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, maybe I can learn, you know, and I did. Right. It was pretty cool. I like it a lot. Justin Long, you know him, I'm sure. How did you stay so flexible to be able to still do bar hops after all these years? Maybe from just trying not to stop riding, you know? And you just, every time I ride, I try to do one so I don't lose it. Mm-hmm. You know, every time I ride, I try to do a few of my favorite tricks mm-hmm. to see if I can still do them. And it's more like, I feel like that technique because I can, I'm not extremely flexible. It's mm-hmm. just the way you do it. You basically move. I think it's half and half. Mm-hmm. Maybe half is your legs when you stretch them, and half is your arms moving the bike underneath your legs, oh, right, right, right. and then bringing it out. Yeah, you just, I do guess, so used to do it that I just try not to stop. Do you have a routine of stretching or or anything before you ride? Uh, now I've been doing it. I've been running a little bit because mm-hmm. I have a lower back injury and I never thought I was going to be able to run because mm-hmm. of the impact but uh, right. I tried it again and I've been running a little bit and then I stretched a little uh-huh. bit more after that with all the diesel arms and all that I mean what, come on do you work out too uh no this, this is just from spinning wrenches uh no it goes way back <laughs> when I was in the service I always did when I was in high school I did pull-ups in the monkey bars and yeah. and I was riding street most of the time yeah. so from bunny hopping jumping curbs and doing all that right. and uh, you develop some you know some muscles and right and stuff like that but mostly because of riding yeah you know and when I was in the survey that they made some, they made me work out like every day mm-hmm. so maybe that and I don't know jeans who knows yeah right so, yeah my grandpa was a little bit like this so I got some of that. That I feel like pretty lucky because that has helped me when I crash. Mm-hmm. So maybe yeah. that's why I bounced back. Two more questions, then we're going to switch to the trip. That young Thundercat, Chris Boosted, have you ever crawled on top of a car while being driven at 80 miles an hour? Is your mom still here? We should probably not tell that story. I don't think she's going to want to hear this one. Yeah, Definitely. of course I have. <laughs> What do you think? I got crazy friends. Of course right. we do stupid stuff. Was Chris driving? No, I don't know. I think someone, I think he, they were driving some other car and they saw me doing that. Oh my God. Yeah, I've done that. All right. Probably like one of those fun nights with my friend Rick and we all just mean idiots. Probably uh, some fun drinking and right. just pushing it. Another one of those nights you, you thank God that you made it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've done stuff like that. Just my friend, I was like, I, with my friend Christian Maya, we would drive him back from Haven. Mm-hmm. And I told him, just keep driving. We were doing like 80 miles an hour too. And I just mm-hmm. keep driving. Don't freak out. So I got off the car, holding the handle and opened the door. And I started scraping my legs from 95. And my other friends were looking at it, and he just almost freaked out. And I'm like, don't move. So I was doing that, and he just jumped back in, and oh I was my. laughing. And he was like, don't do that ever again. Oh. All right, he also asked, do you remember the time that you stole a helmet away from a small kid, and the mom wanted to beat you silly? Oh, God, no. I never <laughs> stole a helmet. Borrowed. Was not. They just, no. It's kind of like borrowed the car. <laughs> it's just, just, right? just borrowing it, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't steal it. They know that. Mm-hmm. That's that. I just. I think that's for um, the Dave Mira helmet. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, so I caught it before all the kids because I was crazy, uh, and Dave was, you know, my idol. You know, yeah, yeah. I look up to him, and I was lucky enough to met him and enjoy, you know, his company and advice when we were riding contests and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the last contest uh, I was with them at the do tour, mm-hmm. we were riding and um, he crashed in his last run and he threw his helmet at the you know at the fence and mm-hmm. I was in the bleachers watching his run and stuff. Yeah. And the helmet land by the side, you know, on the side of the bleachers and my friends are like, "What are you waiting for? Go get it!" Yeah, right. So I jumped and I ran like you know from like everyone and found my way there and there was this lady. In the other side of the the uh, the fence, that she didn't know what was going on. So I got to the fence. I'm like, throw me the helmet, throw me the helmet, please. Uh-huh. So when she threw it, I jumped and caught it and mm-hmm. ran away with it. And uh, a lot of kids were like right there, expecting to grab it and wanted the helmet. And I was like, I don't know, I'm sorry. I felt really <laughs> bad for the kids. But I'm like, oh, I I hope you can understand, man. That I'm, I'm I've been the biggest fan. <laughs> You know, and I really wanted it. Right. So I had the uh, the due to uh, athlete wristband. So mm-hmm. I went back in, and Dave was living the contest, and I I showed him the helmet. He thought I was gonna give it back to him, uh-huh. and he's like, "Man, I threw it for the fans. What are you doing with the helmet?" And I'm like, "Oh no, Dave, do you understand that I'm I'm one of those." you know fans I'm the biggest fan can you please sign it for me right right and he's like alright Hector cool and then he signed it for me and left yeah yeah so that was my treasure that day and that's why they they say that I stole it from the kids right 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 it made me feel really bad and I was like oh man I'm sorry but you don't know what this means for me right right so I have that helmet and I treasure it and um yeah, I was, you know, lucky enough to have it signed by Dave. Uh-huh. So. That's awesome. It's one of my treasures that I never thought it was going to be in my hands. I think we should let you slide on this one. I think we should let you. <laughs> Keep it. Yeah, you're all good. You're it's all in good hands. Maybe go to confession. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, in good, it's in good hands, yeah. you know. Right. Can you imagine where the helmet may have ended up? Because a lot of young kids don't may not. Appreciate understand or yeah. appreciate yeah yeah so, so it's, yeah, that's, I'm not saying young, young kids shouldn't you no know, no get of course not of it's, course not but at that point I was like I got it yeah. maybe I have it for a reason you know what I mean and that was my last contest also oh that was the one yeah okay so that was the last contest of day I think that was his last do tour mm-hmm. and that's when I decided like to stop competing yeah all right so let's get into the trip Justin Juan he wants to know what made you decide to do such a crazy trip on your motorcycle? I'm going to read all of them, then you can take off. Okay. Uh, Aaron Simone. Aaron, Aaron falls a lot. Uh, any, any words of advice to young travelers, which is awesome because he is, he's definitely, he's doing the right thing right now yeah. for him. I, I, I like him a lot. Uh, Wild Bill, what was the best place you visited on your motorcycle adventure? And Rob Delecki said, Hector, Hector needs to tell some of his favorite stories from his motorcycle trip to the bottom of South America. But let's start with what gave you the idea of doing the trip? Um, I always saw older guys when I was living in Colombia, going from Colombia to Argentina on mm-hmm. their motorcycles. Yeah. And I thought back then that was pretty cool. 
uh-huh. that was badass for those guys to just go do that and then just like oh maybe one day I would like to do something like that mm-hmm. not thinking of anything back then okay right I was in a in a relationship my ex and then uh, the relationship came to an end mm-hmm. and I was like not feeling great about that I was like kind of heartbroken mm-hmm. I was like what the hell happened and you know you get in those points when you like cannot believe or mm-hmm. you still wanna figure out what happened or you don't know you mm-hmm. know what I mean life sure. changes you yeah. know life and people and situations lessons and stuff like that life throwing stuff at you mm-hmm. so I was feeling pretty down since you know I can keep my you know positive attitude and stuff like that but at that point I felt that it was taking a toll on me because it was it was a really good relationship sure. I appreciated that and you mm-hmm. know I was thankful that that was part of my life mm-hmm. so at that point I didn't know what to do mm-hmm. I was just sucking it up just trying to deal with it and then just something clicked and I'm like I was looking for a motorcycle because I wanted one right you know again and I was looking for a motorcycle then I went to one of the stores and I saw the bike someone uh, bought it and equipped it to travel mm-hmm. bought the bags the uh, the razor bars and all the stuff to travel right. and he never did uh-huh. so he brought it back to the, to the store uh, uh, to sell it right so when I saw the bike, I was like, something like was like kind of pushing me. I'm like, that's the bike. Yeah. And I'm like, what do you mean that's the bike? That's a cruiser, like, that's a dual sport bike. I'm looking for a, another kind of bike. But yeah. something was like, that's the bike. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, maybe I should just go somewhere on that bike. Uh-huh. It's a touring bike. Right. Maybe I should just take off. Sure. And I said in my head, like, fuck everything. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go. Mm-hmm. Just like that. So I bought the motorcycle and it came with everything. And then I was like, uh, this is what I told my family. This is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. I told her work. This is what I want to do. Are you okay with it? Because I'm going. It's winter. We right. don't have much to do. Right. And I'm going south. Mm-hmm. So everything started like falling into place. Into place. I didn't know I was going to do that trip. I know one day maybe I was going to do it. I was planning on doing it. And... Maybe I was going to do it with her, maybe not, who knows, mm-hmm. but ended up happening that everything just fell into place and the trip just came to life. Uh-huh. So my presents in Christmas were like, what do you need? Oh, I need gloves. Oh, I need this. I need a helmet. I need, I bought all this stuff. My friends and family were helping me because mm-hmm. they saw how I was feeling because yeah, yeah. I didn't know what to do. I was like, ah, sure. man, it's like someone died on you. Like yeah, someone is yeah, like yeah. the feeling of that part of you died. it's like ah you know but I just gotta I still have a life I gotta keep going right so that trip I put that trip together in like two weeks really two max three weeks wow and I said moving on moving forward I'm gonna start the year January 1st I'm gonna leave mm-hmm. I'm gonna take on I'm gonna push myself out of my comfort zone Mm-hmm. And then uh, I was that time I was in uh, my sister's house for you know New Year's and all that. So I went to bed at three in the morning after all the festivities, and then I woke up at eight. 
Yeah. I woke up at seven and by eight I was leaving my house on the motorcycle. It's snow everywhere, it's minus two degrees. It was really bad and I'm like, I'm still going. So I have put everything together and January first I took off. So my plan was to go from here uh-huh. to Washington DC mm-hmm. and because all the other states where it was really cold uh-huh. and I I wanted to go to Florida. So go to Miami and I was going to ship the bike from Miami to Costa Rica. Okay. That was my plan because yeah. they were warning me about Central America, Mexico and all these countries. Don't right. go there. Don't go there by yourself on a motorcycle. And I'm like, right. Okay. I asked many people and they're like, no, I don't recommend doing that. I don't mm-hmm. recommend going there. And I'm like, okay. So Washington DC, I rode, I left my house and I had to stop around Stanford because I couldn't feel my toes or my hands. That's how cold it was in the wind. People were taking pictures of me on the highway and telling me I was crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah it's okay. Right, so right. I just kept going and uh, I was pretty scared because black eyes, oh, yeah. sand, right. there was snow everywhere. Yeah. And I'm like, you just, I'm going. I'm sure the tires on that were, were no, not Yeah, they were, good they, they were the street tires, but not <laughs> yeah. obvious or anything like that, right. or spikes. But um, I feel like that situation, whatever happened mm-hmm. in life, putting like sending me this way, mm-hmm. and what happened with my ex just gave me the courage mm-hmm. to just go and push yourself out of your comfort zone because you got to do that sometimes. Yeah. And I went. And I was like, I'm going to go and not look back. Right. So I got to Washington, D.C., and I jumped into the auto train. Mm-hmm. So you can bring your motorcycle, and, you know, it takes like 16 hours to Orlando because all the states were frozen, so I couldn't, I can imagine doing that the whole way down there right. <laughs> with that temperature. So I got to the auto train. They were expecting me because it was the only motorcycle in the winter going there. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I had like five layers of clothes and... Right. All this stuff, made it there, and then I got to Orlando and stayed at my friend's house for like 10 days waiting for the motorcycle title. Oh, right, Because right. I can't leave the country without the motorcycle title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was there for like 10 days, you know, waiting for this title and riding the motorcycle and asking my friends, helping him out with stuff around the house and sure. work and whatever. Mm-hmm. When the title arrived, I was like, all right. I was doing, I was asking, finding a way to ship the bike from Costa Rica to, eh, from Miami to Costa Rica, sure. but it was really hard. Mm-hmm. It was complicated. It was too expensive. It would take yeah. a long time because they take it by boat. And I'm like, right. uh, so I got the title and I'm like, what now? Right. So I rode from Miami to Key West. I went down to mile zero. Uh-huh. And then I came up when I got to my friend's house in Miami. I grabbed the title, all my stuff, packed, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I told him, I'm, I'm just gonna go. Uh-huh. I'm gonna ride right. the bike to Central America. Right. So I did around this time, actually, I yeah. was, so I left Miami and I rode all around side the, co- the Gulf of uh, Mexico, mm-hmm. through Tampa, Clearwater, and I did all that alongside the coast, and I got to Mexico, uh-huh. and then, um, Everybody was like, what are you doing? This is the worst, like, yeah. border crossing. It's pretty dangerous. And this, everybody was warning me, like, don't do this. You're going to get killed. They're right. going to kidnap you. They're going to do this, do that. And I'm right. like, jeez, yeah. so much fear everywhere. Right. 
So I was like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna go. I felt like I can do anything. I was kind of sad and pissed at the same time. So you just don't care, right? You just whatever, right? And then um, I remember it was I rode going back to when I got to Orlando. So I rode from Connecticut to Washington DC, super cold temperatures, wind and all the conditions with the ice and sand. And then I got to Orlando uh-huh. the next day and then it rained on me for like the whole entire way. And I was just driving in the rain, soaking away. And I'm like, all right, whatever. And then I just kept going. And then when I got to Tampa, I had to drive, I have to ride through the Gulf of Mexico. Mm-hmm. And I got to Houston and it was snowing there last year and it doesn't snow there no I'm like <laughs> so I got to I, I got stuck in a hotel for two days yeah. motorcycle tires were frozen yeah. ice everywhere Man. so I was hard and I'm like alright see am I what's going on am I supposed to do this or what questioning all the time just right and I had a lot of stuff on the bike so it stopped like temperatures temperatures I know went up mm-hmm. everything melted and I just took off. I'm like, all right. So I rode to a town before the border mm-hmm. in uh, Matamoros is the border I crossed. Uh-huh. So I stayed in a hotel there that night because my plan was to like wake up really early and cross to Mexico early uh-huh. in the morning. So right. there's not a lot of people. Hopefully that's what I was thinking. Right. And then I went from that town uh, and people were warning me. I was like asking, how is it? What's going on on the other side? How is it? Which roads was the best way, the best time? Mm-hmm. Gas stations, where are they? Is it safe? Right. And people were like, no, don't go. <laughs> really? Even <laughs> there, they're Even there, they're like, no, oh. I wouldn't do that. And I'm oh, like, okay. Man. So I was kind of like bummed and pissed off that it got rained on me since I got off the train. Yeah, yeah. Can. So that night before... I was talking to someone and I told you the story about that you, you, every traveler has a name for their motorcycle. Ah, right. And I didn't, I didn't think of that. And my yeah. bike was shiny. It's a 2008 Triumph Tiger yeah. 1050. Uh-huh. 2008 and he had 8,000 miles uh-huh. last year. Yeah. I'm like, shiny, everything is really was meant really yeah. good. And yeah. I'm like, okay. So one of the things, the best things you can do when you're traveling is not bring attention mm-hmm. so I was like okay so I bought spray can of uh, plastic paint uh-huh. matte black and I put the bike in the hotel that night and I sprayed everything that was shining all the gold calipers all the suspension the plastics I made a matte black I put duct tape everywhere so the bike looked like it's been dropped <laughs> so many times it looked like you know yeah I was making it look really bad uh-huh. and I always been fan of uh, gargoyles yeah. You know, the demons uh-huh. that are protectors, right. you know, so that's what they used to have, mythology stuff. Uh-huh. Gargoyles are like the demons that protect the properties and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So I felt that my bike was looking like that, like uh-huh. my demon, but it's taking care of me because the bike is mint, it's taking me places, but it doesn't look as nice, Right. but it's protecting me, it's going to take me this way. Yeah. So I named it the gargoyle. Mm-hmm. That's why you see in the post when I was traveling, gargoyle and I, gargoyle and I this, gargoyle and I that. Gargoyle <laughs> went down today with me. <laughs> so I named it the gargoyle because of that. I didn't want the motorcycle to bring attention 
so I made it look really bad. Mm -hmm. So the name actually was pretty good for it. And then uh, I crossed in the morning at like seven or eight. Uh -huh. Crossed, did all the paperwork because you have to do a temporary import for the motorcycle. Okay. And they stamp your passport and they make you buy insurance for the amount that you're going to be crossing in transit, whatever. Mm -hmm. Man, I crossed and it started raining again. Yeah. really bad it's pouring rain and I'm like oh I was actually happy oh. that it was raining yeah because I, I, in my head I thought I'm gonna the worst I'm gonna do is just gonna get wet right. well guess what bad guys I don't think they like rain <laughs> and not this early right. so the whole um, highway was for myself a few cars were mm -hmm. passing by and they were just in Mexico it's awesome because they see you coming and they just go to the right side of the road and they let you pass oh, they, give, okay. they give you a blinker for you when they turn the blinker on it's mm -hmm. letting you know that you can pass them I got you so I was awesome and I, I rode for like four hours almost five on the rain to like a next place where I was going to stay so first thing I got gas, gas and get some food and I find a place to stay mm -hmm. and it was awesome I didn't see anything right. nothing there's no danger no yeah. nothing the road was pretty pretty cool it was wet but I was enjoying it because I felt safe right you know right most people are scared of riding a motorcycle in the rain but I was like happy I'm like oh my god I was bitching about rain yeah, yeah. going there but now I'm happy so yeah. you learn to like okay right. it's just water right keep me safe right from wherever other people were warning me mm -hmm. so I did that and from there on I was like going down uh -huh. south so I rode through all those countries. Uh -huh. So one of the reasons I did that is because I felt that it was in store for me. Because mm -hmm. everything fell into place and everything happened. Sure. And I was in that mode of like, I'm going to do something I really wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And I have the courage. I felt the courage to go and do it. Right. right. I have a life. I'm not going to stop my life. Right. I'm just going to keep going. Yeah. Do the best I can. Mm -hmm. so yeah that's why I did it because I always wanted to do it and because it felt that it was the time and you know in the circumstances to do it right so it was one of the best things I ever done in my life so that trip has a long <laughs> it's a long so it was really really good I think I crossed all Central America because I was passing quick because I didn't want to go to major cities. Mm, right. I wanted to see most of like the countryside and nature and more like torch that stuff, seeing mm -hmm. the farmers and, mm -hmm. you know, share time with them. And I love getting in their kitchens. Yeah. I'm like, he was walking in, can I have some food? And they just take you in. And it took me around, I would say, 20 days to cross Central America. Oh, okay. Yeah, because so I was stopping in Mexico. Okay. I was stopping in, I went to Guatemala. I camped in a, a lot of places. I went to a, a lot of like sacred uh, Mayan ruins and stuff like that because I always be intrigued of those places. Mm -hmm. uh, Tikal, somewhere in Mexico called uh, El Tajin. All these ruins, like really ancient stuff. And it's pretty cool seeing that there still. Mm -hmm. So I went through all Central America, but... I didn't go to El Salvador because uh -huh. I didn't have to go. So I went to Belize, which I have a pretty <laughs> cool story up there. The guy at the uh, at the border entrance, he's like, 
So what are you going to do here? I'm like, I'm going to just go see your country. I'm going to ride the motorcycle around. And I heard you can't get off at the bottom tip uh-huh. of the country to Honduras. And he's like, no, there's nothing there. There's no stamp for your motorcycle. You will have to go all around and come back out this way. And I'm like, really? Come on. They told me I can do this. They can't. They... No, no. They gave you the wrong information. And I'm like, really? At that point, I wasn't like taking what people were telling me. Right. You know, because if you believe everything they say, you don't do anything. Right. So I told him, like, okay, okay, I'll be there for a few days and I'll come back out this way. You know, if, if you say so, it's the only way. Thank yeah. you. Just please right. let me in. Yeah. So he's like, okay, all right, you do that. I'll, I'll wait for you when you're coming back. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. So I rode Belize and I did some, I left the bike in uh, the main island and I went to some other islands and I explored the place because that's what I was doing. I was just riding in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, finding a place to stay, secure the motorcycle, and then go do like go see places, do go like play tourist mm-hmm. a little bit. Sure. So I went to the islands and uh, hang out out there. Food was great. It's so beautiful out there. And then I jumped back in the motor- went back to the hotel and jumped on my bike and I rode the leaves all around the coast and I got to the tip at the bottom. And I was like, okay, one now. So that was a Saturday, I remember, and I went all around the place, ate, hang out, and then it was time to leave. Mm-hmm. So I was asking around, what do you do? Which way I can get out? They're like, no, you can't get out this way. Really? I'm like, wow. So I asked someone, and he's like, look, there is a boat, a really small boat that takes people from Belize, in that corner, mm-hmm. to Honduras, to one of the ports in Honduras. Oh, and okay. he leaves on Sunday. This means tomorrow yeah. around eight in the morning. So ask for such and such and see if you can, or just wake up really early and go there and see what time they're gonna leave. Yeah. So I was like, sweet, I'm gonna try. Yeah. So I woke up really early and I went to the port and actually the guy was there, an older gentleman, really nice guy. Yeah. And I asked him uh, what they do for motorcycles. And he's like, it's your lucky day. I only take one motorcycle every Sunday across the border. And I know the guy in the, um, the crossing that has the stamp to release your motorcycle papers. And I was like, oh, I'm so glad I came down here. So I did that. The guy... Every day. Beautiful. Yes. yes. Yeah, you're right. For me, every day. That is right, right. Your son feels that way too sometimes. Yes. Most... Most times, all the time. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Very, uh, very positive, very happy. Yes. Hector. Very happy. I, I'm so happy. Yeah, he's a good man. <laughs> yeah. Yes. My family is so beautiful. My family, my daughter. Yeah. Uh, we left off on your, you, you hopped the boat. To yeah, so I, that Sunday morning, I, the guy was so awesome. And um, for around, I think, $80. That's it. He had like four guys lifting up the bike, put it in front of the boat, yeah. and everybody else was behind it. But people were looking at like, Is, are we going to go with this motorcycle in here? I was like, took all the boxes, right, right. made it lighter, and they put it in the boat, and we were going on the water. And I'm like, wow. Was it rough, rough water? Uh, some parts you yeah. get scared because the boat goes up and it has a motorcycle in there yeah. and I'm like but when you think about it it's like 
four more people. Yeah, the yeah. weight of four more people, but right, it's just right, the right. fact that it's a motorcycle. Yeah. yeah. So I was able to do that, and I got to the port, mm-hmm. and that's where they bring all the containers, not just the people. Uh, okay. So I'm like, ah, okay. So yeah. I was asking, you know, where, because every time you enter the country, you get paperwork for you and mm-hmm. the motorcycle. Oh, okay. So you authorized to, to ride in the country for the right. time that you're going to be there. They give you like three months. Really? Some countries give you six months to wow. be in the country riding. Hmm. So they give you a temporary import. Mm-hmm. Basically a registration for those days. Right. So I was like, okay, well now they left me at the port. They hired like another four guys, took it off, put it there. And I'm like, ooh, I'm in Honduras now. Wow. So I'm like, okay, now paperwork. Right. So you always ask the people, mm-hmm. you know, and they tell you. People are so nice. And you yeah. just tell them, like, go to the office, go there. And if not there, go there. And I'm like, okay. So I started doing that and finally got to the office mm-hmm. where I did the paperwork. And then I was in Honduras. And yeah. I was like, yeah. I think I'm not going to see that guy ever again right. up in the in the entrance. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm legit. I'm out. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I was able to save a lot of time doing that mm-hmm. instead of going down and back up again. So right. I did that. So that's why I didn't have to go to El Salvador because I went out that country from that corner into Honduras. So I skipped El Salvador, which people were warning me about. Mm, right. I'm like, if I don't have to go there, I'm fine. Right. So Central America was kind of like, I want to do it quick. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spend much time. I want to look for anything that I go places that I'm, I'm not supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. I was mostly in the highway just going and stopping talking to people eating and sleeping and keep going yeah. seeing a few things that I was they were close to me mm-hmm. now like you know, like I said looking for other stuff so you were getting to you were working your way to the Panama Canal yes yeah, how long did that take from crossing into crossing the border into Mexico yeah. and your your side trip uh, through Co- Costa Rica no, I'm no, sorry Belize. Was Belize Belize and then to the Panama yeah I did I, like I said I did all that I think in like 20 days oh yeah the 20 whole, days the was whole that Central part? America yeah oh okay so because from... some countries were smaller so mm-hmm. you go through them quick mm-hmm. I think I went through Mexico through that side like across the oh so I did the whole Gulf of Mexico around from Florida yeah. all the way around through Mexico yeah, yeah, yeah. and right. Central America so I think I crossed Mexico in like three, four days, mm-hmm. and then the other countries two, three, sometimes four. So everything add up to like when I was in Panama, I was like already like twenty days right. on the road. So I was doing that, just riding in the morning, mm-hmm. finding a place to stay. Yeah. You look in the maps the night before where you want to go, what's around, right. where we'll kind of plan a little bit mm-hmm. to have an idea of what you're doing. And um, I was doing that. I was just riding in the morning. And then uh, finding a place to stay, you ask a secure place to stay, mm-hmm. and then you just go walk around. I always went walking around, secure my stuff, my motorcycle, and walk around everywhere. Right. Experience food, culture, people, see right. what's going on, yeah. ask questions, you know, buy maybe a thing or two here and there, mm-hmm. and keep going. Yeah. And then, so from Panama to the bottom of South America, how many months was that? Oh, so that was that. Was, so I got I got to Panama. I did Belize, Honduras, um, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, mm-hmm. Panama. I did all those, mm-hmm. and I, like I said, always doing a little bit. I mm-hmm. had a friend in Costa Rica. I stopped and hang out for a bit. They showed me around everywhere, and then I got to Panama, and that was another hustle because to cross 
from Panama to Colombia is not easy. No. The Darien Gap is not easy. The Pan American Highway ends right there, and then Colombia yeah. starts the Pan American Highway in their side. It's not connected. Okay. They have. They don't want to do it. They don't want to connect it. Right. They say that it's, it's the wetlands and it's like this and that, and yeah. every administration just changes the plans. They don't want to do it. There's no, yeah, yeah. no interest in that, connecting right. those, connecting the Americas like that. Right. Again, right. politics, yeah. I believe. Yeah. So you have to cross by boat mm -hmm. or you have to cross by plane. Oh my gosh. Or it's pretty hard to do. There's people that told me that you can cross it through the woods, but it's like, these bikes are heavy, man. These bikes are like 500 pounds and, right. and the Daring Gap is not, it's not safe. It's a lot of stuff going on there. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I drove to Cologne in Panama mm -hmm. by the by the ports mm -hmm. to see how I can find a container or someone that's shipping a car or motorcycles. If I see travelers trying to cross to Colombia and nobody was crossing, and what happens is at that time of the year. It was super wind, super windy. Okay. So the water was super choppy and scary. So people were not bringing like a lot of stuff unless you bring in like the big boats. So someone told me drive down there like two hours and go to one of the islands and the locals have these like boats like the same one in uh, in Belize something mm -hmm. like that. Right. And they they bring you to Colombia or one of the islands close to Colombia and you uh -huh. wait there for another boat like that okay because they come up bringing merchandise and they go down empty kind of thing so you want to catch one of those but nobody was navigating oh. because of the conditions and I was right. like okay so what now yeah. so uh, I met a guy in Costa Rica a traveler from Texas and um, he was ahead of me mm -hmm. and then uh he got to the Darien Gap before I did and he crossed. So I texted him, I'm like, hey, what did you do? What's the best thing to do? What's the deal? And he's like, this company, this cargo plane company, uh, brought my bike from Panama to Colombia for like 900 bucks mm -hmm. in like two days. I'm oh, like, okay. oh, sweet. So yeah. he gave me the contact. And then, um, but before that, I went to the natives and ask him what the deal was. They were gonna charge me a lot of money. It was gonna take like five days. And I'm like, no, nah. whoa. So yeah. when I got to that company and stuff like that, there was a plane leaving the next day to Medellin, the city I was born uh -huh. in Colombia. And they were gonna charge me, that was a lot of money for that. I was saving all my money in Central America, not spending much, just fuel and stuff. Mm -hmm. And the natives is gonna charge me 900 which is a lot. Usually people cross for like 500 mm -hmm. and the plane company charged me 1200 Whoa. So yeah. I'm like, oh no, that's a lot of money. Yeah. But guess what? I'll be there tomorrow. So I will save five days. Right. And it's like $300 more than the boat and I don't have to risk it to go yeah. in the water and stuff like that. So I just right. closed my eyes and I was like, oh, all right. Yeah. What am I going to do? Turn around? Right. No. So I just sacrificed the money that I have for gas and whatever and I just... And then I had to go find a plane ticket on mm -hmm. top of that. Yeah. So bike was good living tomorrow, and then I had to find a plane ticket for today or tomorrow, and that was a lot of a lot of like more money too. So anyway, yeah. I made it to Colombia. Yeah. Make it there, and I was like, whoa. Not what you remembered. I, I cleared. <laughs> I cleared Central America. I went through all this, uh -huh. and I cannot believe 
I'm here, I'm safe, and I proved so many people wrong mm-hmm. because people were awesome. People were so nice and humble. They were like, like they were like welcoming you. Mm-hmm. You're a stranger, and right. they couldn't believe you traveling by yourself on a motorcycle. Right. They were right. clapping that you were passing by. They were giving you thumbs up. They were honking at you. Really? I was like, oh my God, it's so awesome. Yeah. I have no complaints about Central America traveling like that. Right. Thank God I, nothing happened. Nothing bad happened because they told sure. me like, I went through certain areas that uh-huh. you sometimes don't make it. Right. I got right. lucky. Yeah. And then I was like super thankful, you mm-hmm. know, like I say, life sending yeah. me that way. Right. And now when I was in Tikal, one of the guides, I asked them like, how was from down there, from Tikal, Guatemala to Panama. Mm-hmm. So I was worried about this. My family was all scared about me going to Central America. And he just looks at me and he's like, you will be okay. You will yeah, be fine. Yeah, yeah. He was kind of like a shaman or something. Yeah, yeah. You will be okay. You will be fine. Yeah, yeah. The gods just, the gods, they told me you would be okay. And I'm like, what? Yeah. All right, thank you. <laughs> nice. So when I got to Columbia, I remember that guy and I was like, oh man, I wonder what this guy knows. <laughs> right, right. So when I got there, I was in my, my city, mm-hmm. you know, with this motorcycle. Now I'm back to when I was a kid thinking, yeah. I want to do this trip. Right. And I'm like, I just went from my, the door of my house to the city I was born by land. Yeah. Yeah. And when I was a kid, I, I dreamed of going from Colombia to Argentina, and that's it. But no, I went from here, even farther, and I'm like, yeah. wow, amazing. So I had to, I brought the motorcycle because you needed tires, chain, mm-hmm. pa- maintenance. Yeah. Because I had all South America right. to keep going. Right. So I stayed in Colombia for four, four maybe five days. Mm-hmm. Bike was getting you know, worked on, uh-huh. I was buying stuff, I was living mostly like half of what I brought because I realized that I didn't need a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, made the bike lighter uh-huh. and then uh, I just went uh-huh. and I was Ecuador, now yeah. I'm going to Peru and just all Pacific, all around side the Pan American Highway. Uh-huh. So for Doleki, some of my favorite places or stories. Uh-huh is the ones in Central America were awesome. The place is beautiful. I can't wait to go back uh-huh. and be more in touch with like nature up there. Yeah. Um, stories, man, I was like, all right, I love Mexican food. I'm gonna go to Mexico and I'm gonna, can't wait to try the food there, yeah. you know, authentic in the side of the road. So I ordered this soup and I'm like all like excited to have these tortillas, this, chips and this soup with like uh-huh. whatever man when i take the first spoon it was so spicy <laughs> oh my god i was like sweating right away i'm like oh i forgot it's mexican food and they have higher tolerance for spicy right than me i'm right. like so that was like i was like drinking water and choking the ladies that sold me the food were laughing at me <laughs> i was like okay that was my first experience laughing about spicy food there and then I just kept eating tacos and Mexican food everywhere. It was awesome. Uh, yeah. And it was cheap. So right. it was good. Wow. So this must have been the point in your trip where the countries are bigger. So it would take you longer, uh, a lot of highways without many 
gas stations or places to stop on the way? Is that when things started to really stretch out when you got into South America? Yes, it did. And actually, altitude, because you have to go up in like a lot of mountains and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to answer Aaron Simone's yeah. question. Yeah, you wanted to know any words of advice to young travelers. Yes. Uh, I will say if you ask the right questions before you go places, ask locals, you know, how safe it is, how far it is, where can I stay, do you know a place that you recommend, any places that you recommend to go see and experience, because sometimes you go through places and five minutes down the road, it was this really awesome view or this awesome park. So ask locals, ask and plan a little bit mm -hmm. what would you like to do and what's around there so you experience more as you go. Right. Because if you don't ask and if you don't like get familiar with the place, mm -hmm. you would probably miss a lot of stuff. Yeah. And just be aware of yourself and your belongings because you don't know who's watching and not everybody's good. Mm -hmm. And when, they, when you scream traveler, people want to take your stuff. So a good word yeah. of advice is try not to bring attention. You know, just keep it low key, ask you questions, and just follow your gut, you know, because your gut can, you know, talk to you. There's right. places that you feel that you're not supposed to be there, so get out of there. Right. You know, people looking at you a certain way and you have this feeling that it's something up, yeah. just get out of there, you know, or just find a crowd or just ask someone to help you. Mm -hmm. You know, because it's more good people than bad. And especially when you're traveling, you find a lot of good people. This may sound crazy, but thinking about Aaron and his question, say he did the same trip. He doesn't look like a native because you're from Colombia. So he's going in there as basically like blonde. You know, he's going in there looking like a foreigner. Yeah. So if he was to do the same trip, do exactly what you're saying, get to know people and ask the questions because he, he would stick out like he would stick out in China. Yeah, know? definitely. But um, I saw a lot of, I got the chance to meet a lot of uh, Americans and Europeans traveling in Central and South America. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's the same. They were the same like they were with me. Yeah. The only difference is I probably have the language and right. I know the cultures so I can relate to them a certain mm -hmm. way. Yeah. But uh, to not be afraid of everybody. Right. You know what I mean? Because... I saw people being nice to me and they were being exactly the same to, you know, to a European or to an American. Sure. You know, people treat you like a tourist. Yeah. If you're nice to them, if you don't have the language, I'm sure they'll find a way to communicate with you. Right. They find someone that speaks the language or they point at something and mm -hmm. they help you. You know what I mean? Most people will help you. Nice. So don't be intimidated by your looks or you're coming from here, you don't have the language just find your way to uh, communicate with them right. and ask the right questions, which are how safe it is, right. how far it is, places that you would recommend. Yeah. You know what I mean? How is, how is everything around here? Mm -hmm. Food, water, you know, because you don't know what you're going to be drinking or eating. Right. So make sure you ask and then you will get more familiar and then you start like feeling less yeah. tense about right. the unknown. Hey, I know what he could do. He could practice by going to Malali every week. There you go. Because yeah. Malali, they watch out for you. Yeah. They're good guys. Yeah. Same and, I, but I mean, I'm kidding, but I'm not because you go to Malali and those guys are so nice and they'll, 
they'll tell you, hey, you know, get out of here by a certain time, go that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're, they're just good guys, and they do watch out for you, like a BMX friend. Yeah, definitely. So, and you can, you know, practice your language with them. Yeah. You know, yeah. and if you don't know how to say anything, just ask them to write it down and keep that paper with yeah. you. Yeah. That's a good idea. You know what I mean? Just yeah. You can just show them the piece of paper. Nowadays, it's easy with your phone translated, but do you want to take your phone out in the middle of a sketchy place? Yeah. I don't think you want to do that, but yeah, just just do a little homework, mm-hmm. and that's it. Right. And he's he's well on his way because he's been going, I, I believe he went to, uh, did he go to Spain? Did he go yeah. to that round? Yeah, he did. He went to Spain, and he, I believe he went, did he go to Australia too? He's been going everywhere. He's been around. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He just, he told me a story about going to Puerto Rico and just uh-huh. hanging hammocks and stay on the beach. Yeah. That's it. I'm really happy for him. He's a good kid. He's awesome. And you know, he's, he's young enough, so all that stuff is going to help him, you know, it's going to shape yes. a good guy on him. Yeah. And Hopefully. Memories he'll have forever. Yeah, I think he's got a good head on yeah. his shoulders. He's, he's a good guy. Um, yeah, so uh, let's go Wild Bill. What's the best place you visited on your, uh, on my your trip? trip? Um, I'm going to answer the same way I always have when people ask me that question. Uh, mm-hmm. It's really hard to point one place because I went through so many places and they're all beautiful and amazing. So mm-hmm. it's really hard to say this is my favorite right. because I have a ton of favorites. Yeah. But definitely um, Patagonia. In this, in the Chilean side, sure. the salt flats in Bolivia, uh, that's like amazing. That's like a different planet. In Central America, Costa Rica, every every place has their own beauty. There's beauty everywhere. Yeah. Well, places I felt like really good was you know, uh, some parts of Mexico in Costa Rica, Guatemala. Guatemala was awesome. Yeah. Bolivia, Peru, all the countries. Like I said, it's kind of hard for me to tell you one favorite spot, but. Mm-hmm. If you got the chance, just go out there and experience these awesome places, you know, because it's just nature, you know, it's just you and nature. Sometimes I had to stop the motorcycle because if I don't, I, I was so distracted by so much beauty that I probably crash. Right. So I had to stop and take it in and take pictures and enjoy the place and, yeah. you know, spend time in certain spots that you just feel like a dot. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. huge. It's like, whoa. Yeah. And you see the horizon and that's where you need to go. Right. And when you get there, you look back and you can't believe you came from that right. far away. Right. Yeah. So favorite I, spots? I don't know, man. Everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> I, I like it. I like that answer. You got to appreciate sure. everything. You yeah. know, it's was, it was amazing. Yeah, definitely. We answered Justin's. We answered all of it. So why don't we... Uh, when you were kind of wrapping up that, that part of the trip and finishing up our, our talk today, you once you got through Central America and you started to get to the real, the long, long legs of your trip, uh, did, you, did you have in your mind that you were going to take as long as it needed to take or as, long, as much time as you needed, I should say? Or did you, were you trying to finish by a certain time? So... I was doing a little research before I went Mm -hmm. and see like mileage wise and how much you're supposed to drive and the conditions and this and that. And I was like, in my head, I was like, all right, I want to do this in three months Mm -hmm. because winter I have to come back and keep working. 
you know spring will be here so i'm like okay but when i was down there i was like oh it's gonna take me more than three months maybe four okay so i just kept going tried not so the thing is that by the time i got to colombia i had to go through ecuador peru and then chile and those are really really long countries mm -hmm. and i said okay i'm gonna go breeze through ecuador and peru really quick mm -hmm. because in my way up i can stop and see the country so i just went through ecuador and I peru see. really quick yeah, yeah and then in chile i took my time a little more and i enjoyed it. patagonia patagonia is beautiful down there so i was jumping from patagonia and chile to argentina argentina patagonia patagonia you know um i jumped like three times from chile to argentina argentina to chile seeing uh -huh. a little bit of everything and then yeah when i got down i was at the last step of chile Mm -hmm. uh, the weather was going to start changing in, in uh, Ushuaia which is the, the end of the world like at the bottom tip of the continent so I had to make it there quick because mm -hmm. it was going to snow right. it was going to get cold the conditions are not going to be good for motorcycles uh -huh. I just kept going from Chile fast as I could to the end of the world which is uh, Patagonia the door of the Antarctica mm -hmm. so I rode through all that but at the same time like the same way just uh, seeing, you know, experiencing the places, spending time with people, travelers mm -hmm. that you're finding, you know, your way, you just, they go in the same way, so we just travel with them for a few days, mm -hmm. experiencing food, just being out there by yourself, just walking around, it was pretty awesome. And then uh, when I got there, man, I crossed into town, the last town of uh, South America, I couldn't believe it. I was like, I got goosebumps, and I'm like, I think I got like TRIs also. I was like emotional. I was like, <gasps> that's it. Yeah. This is the bottom. I cannot go farther anymore. This is the farthest you can go by land in the whole world. And you did it. I'm like, whoa. So dreams come true. Yeah. You know, and I was like, wow, that's amazing. So I spent a few days down there. Uh, maintenance for the motorcycle right right you know uh breakdowns i only have a few mm -hmm. um i don't know if you saw the radiator fans uh, my radiator fan broke in the desert in argentina and i had to be stuck in a place for like three days until the perk came no there's no parts no parts nowhere there no clothes there so i found a way someone helped me and took me on a truck two hours away to a town that has a little more uh, stuff. Right. And I found two computer fans. Oh. So I built a bracket and I, there were two 12 volt computer fans. Really? So I made a bracket and I connected to the hardness of the bike and mounted in with balls. Wow. And that, that, that did it, that worked. Yeah. So I went from uh, Argentina all the way down to um, Tierra del Fuego, mm -hmm. it's called with those fans and then up, up to Paraguay where I found a replacement for it. Wow. So yeah, I got like pretty cool stories uh, for the Lecky. One of funny ones is I was in Perito Moreno in Argentina, it's a glacier down mm -hmm. there, so I was gonna go see it. So I was sitting on the motorcycle and uh, I was taking pictures and then I saw the sky and that was because the motorcycle fell with me. In. 
I forgot to put the kicks and I went sideways and the bike went down and I was like laughing by myself. I'm like, ah, oh, idiot. You know, you just like by yourself and then you just go down like that because you want to take a picture and you're right. just distracted by so much beauty and you're just like on the ground. I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> you know, so you just laugh it off, make sure you're okay and you just laugh. Right. Oh my God, I can't believe that just happened. Right. You know. I've got a question that I think a lot of people would benefit from. How, how did you adapt, or how hard was it for you to, when you were done with your trip, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but when you, get, when you got done with your trip and now you're among people all the time, where you had so many hours and weeks and months of being yeah. solo without, without any, you know, occasionally interacting in a, in yeah. a city, but... Half the time you're probably alone, right? Yeah, most of the time I was alone because I was riding the most I I rode in a day was 12 hours. Mm -hmm. Just stopping for gas and food. Mm -hmm. Um, And I actually did something. It was like a little uh, goal kind of thing I did every morning. I got out like six, seven. I have to be by seven on the road Mm -hmm. and ride 100 miles before breakfast. Okay. So I rode in the morning, 100 miles and stop, get gas, relax a little bit and have breakfast and mm-hmm. then keep going as long as you can or maybe a tank of gas, which mm-hmm. was maybe 200 miles mm-hmm. and stop and drink something and keep going. So the max I rode in a day was, I think 600 miles in 12 hours mm-hmm. because the roads, you don't know the roads, uh, turns, right. potholes, off-road, right. rain, so sometimes it takes longer, but uh, most of the time I was by myself in the mm-hmm. middle of nowhere, uh, mm-hmm. just just highways or just the road and through mountains and stuff. So you spend a lot of time with yourself and you just start like talking to yourself, thinking you got plenty of time to think. Yeah. You you just feel feel everything, the wind. You feel the. It's it's pretty interesting how you get connected with what are you doing mm. you know and the the places because every place has a different energy you know right. if you want to call it that but you was sometimes you was just like like if you were meditating right you know you in the right. zone just you on the motorcycle and your senses are right there in case you need to react right. but you're like in like the zone mm-hmm. just riding so when you when you were wrapping it up and you were getting back all right, let's say when you get all the way back, when you're back in society, you know, here, did you ever hear of like Appalachian Trail hikers? Mm-hmm. They, they do the whole Appalachian Trail from Georgia all the way to Maine. And it's, they obviously don't get to interact as much as you did. Not that you interacted a lot, but even less. So it's almost more difficult to get back into the regular interactions with other people back to society did you feel any of that when you yeah, got back they, they call it post-travel yes yes post-travel stuff mm-hmm. uh, I was going I was seeing people and communicating but just in transit you know mm-hmm. cities I was avoiding cities and traffic and all that but right. uh, when I got back actually something pretty funny happened because my family was expecting it. I couldn't believe I was in the States. I'm like in Miami. I'm like out of train again, up and riding home. Because right. when I got to Tierra del Fuego at the end of the world, I was like, 
wow, time to turn around. Yeah. Now I got to make it back home. Okay. And that's always like the attitude when I took off. I'm like, all right, uh, I got to make it back home safe. Mm-hmm. So please don't do anything stupid. Right. Which right. sometimes I did. Right. And maybe that had another reason. But uh, when I got back, I was like, whoa. And you, you're more like... So something, like I said, something funny happened because when I got to my house, hugged my loved ones, everybody was so happy. They couldn't believe I was home. Yeah. I was like, I cannot believe I was rolling into the driveway of the house. And looking back, I went through all that stuff because it was almost five months mm-hmm. throughout the whole continent. And right. uh, that was 17 countries mm-hmm. in four and a half months, yeah. total of 23,500 miles over 200 places I stayed and I saw and when I got back and everything just kind of like when I went to my room I'm like is this is all this stuff mine yeah right is right that my bed in my house so it was pretty funny because the next morning mm-hmm. I got up super early and I started packing if I was going to be in transit again and I'm like <laughs> stop you're home you don't have to go anywhere anymore right. I, I actually was like I gotta go. Right. You know, I felt like right. I was gonna keep going and trying. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, calm down. You're home now. You said five months, right? Almost five. That's I think it was long. four and a half. That's a long time of a routine. Yes. Every morning. In different places every time. Every day, almost every day, I was in a different place, seeing every, yeah. like different people, different, you know, sceneries and stuff. Mm-hmm. So when I got back, I was like, whoa, I don't have to go anywhere. So what am I gonna do now? Yeah. Uh-huh. You have this sense of like, your body is like out there like you yeah. not so you start seeing everything at some point I saw everything too congested because mm-hmm. the cities and all the walls and buildings and all that too congested because yeah. I was coming from seeing all open spaces open fields deserts coast mm-hmm. and everything and sometimes I was like whoa but then it's reality check you're like yeah that's sure. home that's where you live that's what you do so it was a little hard at first because People ask you, hey, this and that, so you gotta tell them about the trip and what you did, and sometimes they don't understand your point of view or where you come mm-hmm. from, what you've done, and you just like try to be delicate to not, you sure. know, to not sound khaki, right. to not sound, I did this and this is how it is. No, no, it's just your right. own experience. This is, you just tell them and, you know, hopefully they understand. Mm-hmm. But uh, at first it was more like I wanna take off again. Yeah. Because yeah. I wanna keep going. I wanna just. Yeah, I didn't want to work. I want to just be on the road and experiencing life and all these places and beautiful Oops. stuff. So oh. slowly, slowly, I just kept riding my motorcycle around here because I said, if I saw all this beauty everywhere I went, uh-huh. how come I've been taking it for granted being here, especially in New England, mm. when we have such beautiful places to visit? Yeah. So every weekend I was taking my motorcycle and living in the city. So going to see, experience New England yeah. and New Hampshire. I went to the Tale of the Dragon in Carolinas okay. and experienced a few rides around here. And sure. people that knew I was riding, they were like, can we go ride with you? Right. You know, experience, share. So it was nice because I saw a lot of stuff around here also. I went to um, Mount Washington. Oh, and when did? I was getting up there, I saw the scenery was like, almost the same I saw in Chile. Yeah, I bet. I was like, oh my God, how come I didn't come up here before? Yeah. So 
that's something that everybody should do and just is beauty everywhere you experience yeah. like find me like half an hour from your house there's a beautiful place right just go be with it you know stay away from the cities mm-hmm. once in a while put uh, 30,000 miles on the bike in one year wow you know that's 23,500 traveling the continents sure. and then the rest was here in you know the states in right close to my house yeah. So now it's time to put the bike away and uh, do the maintenance and see mm-hmm. where we're going next. Yeah. But it's, uh, it was like, I feel like everybody should do that, man. Just experience, go outside, just push yourself out of your comfort zone. You know, just, it's so much you can do. You only have one life. So why not take an advantage of it, you know? And mm-hmm. you got bumps and lessons to learn. So just, right. you know, life is throwing us lessons and experiences. So just, you know go with it you know right. it's maybe something good to learn about it you and Garrett Burns would get along well <laughs> <laughs> yeah he definitely would yeah he's awesome Garrett is an amazing person yeah he's and awesome and he he's he, traveling he too helping yeah. people helping kids bringing bikes out there yeah yeah so yeah that was like another experience um, I always saw skate parks yeah. you know alongside my you know along the way mm-hmm. And I used to stop and see the kids riding and all that. And I was so tempted to jump on their bikes and ride and stuff like that. But I was like, all right, I've been riding my bike for the longest time. Right. I remember I said, don't do anything stupid. So I didn't want to like just ride with them and show them or anything like that and, and risking to get hurt. Mm, right. So I was like, all right, I'm right. just going to, you know, enjoy their company and watch them ride yeah. and keep going. Yeah. Maybe helping with a little tip here and there, but that's right. it. I didn't, I didn't touch any BMX bike because yeah. I was doing something else. Right. And I didn't want to, that was, that, was, that was one thing I always kept in mind. Just please try not to get hurt. Sure. Yeah, because I want to make it back home safe. Right. So always in your mind being positive that everything is going to be okay. Yeah. Close calls, a yeah. lot. You feel like you're going to die at least twice a day. Man, that's scary. You know, riding on the rain, I, I rode through all the uh, the elements, mm-hmm. basically. Sandstorms, wind, really bad down in Patagonia. Mm-hmm. I saw whales, man, down in Patagonia. Going from one island to another island motorcycle on the ferry and I was just chilling on the deck and uh-huh. I saw these white and, bl- white, white and black things in the water and I'm like what are those orcas yeah right yeah this is the place where they they are so it was pretty amazing I saw so many animals uh-huh. and uh, animals getting on my way killed a few birds I felt really bad yeah, right uh, mosquitoes and yeah. dragonflies all over the place uh-huh. it was pretty awesome so I feel like traveling like that or Anyway, mm-hmm. when you get so deep into nature and mm-hmm. stuff like that, you get that connection. And if you pay attention, you'll realize how awesome it is. Mm-hmm. And you just, if you want, you can learn a lot from that. Sure. You know, quiet the mind. That's yeah. basically what I did. Because right. <laughs> I was just quiet, writing and right. seeing everything. Yeah. And it was pretty amazing. That's like one of the greatest things I ever done. Mm-hmm. It was hard sometimes, but you just like you gotta earn it. You gotta keep going. You mm-hmm. gotta keep going. You got something to do. Right. So I'm very grateful. That's the word I can mm-hmm. I can say about that because you learn you learn even more to be grateful about what we have. Sure. And not to worry much about what we don't have. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. And everything is a lesson. I think it's amazing that that you and I got together to talk about something you're you're an amazing bike rider 
but everyone, including me, wanted to learn about your trip. Yeah. It's, it's as important as how how amazing you are at riding. <laughs> so I think that's really cool, and I think uh, I, I just think people are going to benefit by hearing this story and hopefully going out of their comfort zone and giving themselves themselves a chance to experience something they they may not unless they take some chances. Yeah, and they still that they want to do, but there's always a but. Mm-hmm. to not do it or always that that fear of like you know they're not comfortable or not confident enough right. when when they try they realize that it was not as bad as they thought sure you know yeah. so if anyone you know like i said i'm open i you know i've always been an open mind person and um mm-hmm. if anyone needs any advice about traveling with motorcycles be happy to help you know reach me sure. out find friends that know me and stuff like that mm-hmm. and i'll be happy to you know, answer you and help you with um, advice, you know, anything I can I can do if you want to travel. Whether you intend on being or not, you're a great role model. You're a great person to, to, to look up to, to, to talk about your experiences because you are very humble and you're very grateful. And that makes you really easy to talk to about something so big. So yeah, it's, a, it's, it's amazing. Like I said, yeah. it's, we only have one life, right? You know, we should do the best we can. Yeah. You know what I mean? And sure, help as many people as we can. And and I I learned that when you encounter people that are not so great or they're not having their best day, mm-hmm. you just let them be and see if they want you help. Be right. will be willing to help them, but right. don't jump in conclusion and judge them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because. Oh, yeah. I was one thing that I was doing at some of the borders is like people were so like tense at the counter, you know, the officers for like stamping and all of that. And I was like, nah, man, I'm not gonna give you my passport. They're like, what? I'm like, nah. I've been riding all day, man, and I haven't seen anyone smile. Come on, give me a smile, man. Oh. Or the ladies or whoever. And they're like, give me your passport. I'm like, no, give me a smile. <laughs> Fine, then you're not coming in. I'm like, come on, I just saw you. You almost smile. And they're like, ah, whatever. And they start smiling. And then you break the ice. Yeah. The tension goes away. And everybody's joking. And yeah. who's this crazy guy? Where is he going? What does he need? What are you drinking? Tea? Can I have some tea? Oh, that's and great. then you just break the ice because at the end of the day, it's a transaction. You're working and I'm, yeah. I, I need something from you. Yeah. And then maybe I can leave you with a smile right. and you just keep going and yeah. they'll be laughing like who's that crazy guy that you stopped uh, but then so then so when nice. you think about it that crazy guy made us made us all smile and joke yeah you know that's so awesome. that's it was pretty cool i was trying to do that and trying to keep like really good attitude right right there were days for everything there's days that you don't want anything mm-hmm. there's days that you're so super pissed off there's mm-hmm. days that you just want to blow up the engine yeah, you're just yeah, taking yeah. curbs at like 100 miles an hour <laughs> not caring right there's days that you're just sad and caring yeah you know what i mean but it's also those days but then it's the one that's coming and lift you up and someone lift you up and then you just see something great and you're like why am i feeling like this i got this in front of me right why should i worry about stuff like that but it's part of life you know we go ups and downs let's finish it on that note i think that's a good note to leave it on sounds good let's let's get people to take chances to take some chances maybe it Maybe not on a motorcycle if they don't have one, but at least visit. Yeah, anything, places. anything, you, you know, just, just try to do something that you will love and just try, you yeah. know. You're only, you're only, you're only going to know if you try. Right. And maybe it's just going to another state in the United States. Yeah. It may definitely. be as simple as that. 
Yeah, you know? of course. And if you have a bad experience somewhere with someone else, just mm-hmm. just think that not everywhere or everyone is like that. Yeah, right, right. Gotcha. Anything else you want to say before we wrap it up? Uh, I want to say thank you to everyone, yeah. <laughs> you know, for spending the time to listen to what I had to say. And like I said, if you guys need any help, any advice, I'm more, you know, I've been happy to do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, all my friends and the people I've been, you know, meeting and helping me and mm-hmm. the ones that I, I was able to help to sure. just, you know, keep going. We only have one life. Enjoy it. Yeah, I agree. Awesome. Thank you, Hector. I really appreciate it. Yes, my pleasure. Appreciate you making the time. This is probably better than it would have been in the hotel room at the Marriott. Yeah, with someone jumping in by the door. Ah, probably Nick the next time. It would have been Nick coming through the door next. Yeah. Or Matt. You never know. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) All right. Thanks again, buddy.